Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You like that? That's how I always reaffirm myself. Give me another Tony Bruno. See? Give me another Tony Bruno. You say it real fast now? Tony Bruno. Nice. You say it real slow now? Tony Bruno. Can you get deeper? Deeper. <laughs> You're a bad man. You're a bad man. Tony Bruno. Tony Bruno. And now. Oh, Tony Bruno. Stop it! Here is Tony Bruno. Welcome, kids. Welcome. Wow. Wow. Did we just get hit by an asteroid? I don't know. That was pretty cool. Are aliens attacking? Are Martians attacking? Well, one thing, I want want to welcome everybody to the show. Tony Bruno, Bruno Nation Live, twitch.tv, Bruno Nation Live. We're here every day, Monday to Friday, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us. Do all the things you need to do to keep this show on the air. Before, uh, well, Twitter at least can't shut us down. Jack's shutting everybody else down, but he will not shut the, or silence this show, even though I still use Twitter. Twitter's basically my private bitch, and I use it to promote stuff. And as long as it's around, I will continue to use it until I use it up. So they can throw me off if they want. I don't say anything caustic, but you never know anymore what's caustic, Robin. I know. Nobody knows what they can say anymore. Well, and the thing that's weird is like all those parody accounts that are all over the place. Now suddenly they're bad too. Well, the AOC parody account, which is one of the best on Twitter. I mean, to me, and I I tweeted this to Jack this morning, so I'm not hiding. I'm not. Jack is the guy who runs Twitter. He's like sort of a weird looking hipsterish, hippie stoner kind of dude, and he runs his company. And he says it's you know it's an open board and all the other stuff, which is bullshit. I mean, they just control whatever. They determine the content there, and that's why there's a controversy. And listen, I don't go on there spouting any kind of political stuff. I make fun of politicians more than anything, especially here in Philadelphia. And I want to thank the local Pennsylvania State Rep, Brian Sims, and I want to thank the Philadelphia mayor, who have now basically put Philadelphia on top of the list of things to despise about this city. It used to be sports fans that everybody universally hated about Philadelphia, but now, thanks to our mayor... Thanks to a state representative who is now making international news for being a deranged lunatic, yelling at people, videotaping himself, and hopefully the rest of the media will cover this, because it's a big deal. Yeah. And you know me, I'm all about free speech, I'm all about protecting the people who have a different opinion than the mainstream. And so I've always been this way. I, I didn't just change and I'm, oh, Tony, all of a sudden, what happened to you? Nothing's happened to me. I have been the same for 50 years that I've been doing this. I've always spoken my mind. I've always been a free thinker. I've never promoted any political party. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. And so when I see things that bother me, it's usually about people's rights being, I, I'm like the ACLU used to be. 
I actually am out there looking for the civil liberties of the people who don't have a voice. And when you have people now who are on the side that anything they do, you can't criticize, we have a problem. Twitter has become that. Politicians have become that. This Brian Sims guy who is a Pennsylvania state representative. Now, remember, this isn't about the national. This is my hometown. This is Philadelphia. This is things. These are things that bother me as a lifelong resident of the city, bar a couple of places that I've lived. But for the most part, I've lived here most of my life. I was born here. I was raised here. I was schooled here. My family's here. I moved back from Los Angeles after 11 years on the West Coast to the same street I grew up in where we broadcast from every day. And so when I see things that make this city look bad, <clears throat> most of the time it's some idiot at a sporting event, and now with cameras everywhere and camera phones, somebody does something stupid at a sporting event, it's all over Twitter and all these websites that like to post this stuff. But now Philadelphia has been in the news not because of sports or the Sixers or the Phillies or anything else that's going on here. They're in the news because we have politicians making complete asses of themselves. And remember, they are elected officials. They're not just some slapdick on the street, you know, who can do whatever they want and usually gets arrested if they do something stupid. But when we have elected representatives, who represent me, by the way, whose salary I pay as a Philadelphia state representative. So that means he sits on the Pennsylvania State House in Harrisburg. Right. The, the biggest lawmaking body in this state. And he's out there videotaping himself and basically doxing people. Doxing means you're trying to expose somebody's identity because you disagree with them. And so there's the Planned Parenthood facility, which we are, our doctors, a block away from there, right? We pass it all the time. Right. All the times I pass it, I don't see protests. I don't see any kind of crazy stuff. There are some people out there praying because they don't believe in abortion. They're not blocking the doors. They don't have Antifa masks. They're not burning the buildings down. There's no big signs. No, but there's a couple people. And, they, and there's one older woman that was there the other day, last week, and was praying with a rosary in front of Planned Parenthood. And this Brian Sims guy goes out there and starts an eight-minute videotape where he castigates her. He basically is everything he says that he's supposed to be, tolerant, observant of other people's rights. And guess what? He's the exact opposite. He is a misogynist. He is a bigot. And he is a man who's unfit to be in public office. There's a petition to get this guy out of here because we do not need these kinds of people representing us in this country. I know you can say Trump's the same thing. This is not about the national thing. All right, There's enough Trump people who want him out of there every day. They're trying to impeach him every day. They can do their thing in Washington. I'm talking about local. In your local community, that's where you have a voice. That's where you have the strength to go out and say, you know what? Just like the guy with the statues who I've criticized, because he's got an agenda. He's a politician wanting to run for office. So he's going to get people fired up with things that really don't matter for most people because they don't care about statues. Right. The statues don't attack them at night. Statues don't take food off their table. People worry about crime, and we just gave a poll. And it's not just here in Philly, and I'm not going to make this the whole show. I just wanted to get this off my chest because I've been talking about it. I've been on Twitter I've been up since I was up till four o'clock this morning. This is how angry this has made me. Forget about the Kentucky Derby loss. I'm over that now. But seeing something, a new rant has taken but place. Seeing Brian Sims do what he did, and the fact that there's been no comment from Mr. Sims, there's been no comment from the mayor about what this guy did on videotape. It's all over the world now, and the rest of the world is now realizing what we have here in Philly. And this has nothing to do with the fact that he's part of the neighborhood. He's, he's a, a, a LGBTQ member of the community. I defend everybody's rights, including those 
who are being affected by someone imposing their will and offering $100 to have somebody's life destroyed because he disagrees with them. That's the, that's the, that's what, this is Nazi Germany in the 30s and 40s. This is what this is. When one person who's elected as a representative to serve all the people is out there imposing his will and, and threatening people because they're standing out in front of a Planned Parenthood facility in Center City, Philly, with the rosary, and then this guy embarrasses them, humiliates them, tries to get them to give their names and addresses so people can go after them. That's sickness. That's a real threat to our democracy. If you can't tolerate anybody else's views, regardless of what it is, if you're pro-choice, pro-life, the point is there's different sides. And the problem now is there's only one side that's accepted. The fact that no national media, no national media has picked this story up and run with it just proves the bias. And it's all leaning to one side, the side that can claim victimhood even though they're the people committing the crimes. That's the problem I have. If you're a legitimate victim, I'm supporting you. But if you're not, and you're playing victim, I can't support you. That's just the way I am. That's my DNA. I always, I always speak out for the people who don't have voices, whether it's the people who get you know, terrorized by the PPA, not just me, but anybody who's unjustly, unjustly treated by any politician especially. It's about the politicians. If your neighbor doesn't like you, you know, you can deal with that. But if political people who run your city and, and affect the way your life is conducted on a daily basis, I have a problem with that. And the Philadelphia mayor is the most gutless, and I've been through, I, I've, I've been alive through, I don't, I can't, I don't even number the, the number of mayors. Since 1952 when I was born, I've known every single mayor in this town. And this guy, Jim Kenny, is clearly... The worst, he is the, he, 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 all he does is cut ribbons and all he does is panel panels to go out there and study things. He's a disgrace and he's running for re-election and I hope he doesn't win. And this Brian Sims guy should not be allowed to spend another hour in office in this state of Pennsylvania. Governor Tom Wolf needs to issue a statement. Mayor Jim Kenney needs to come out of hiding and release a statement about the conduct of a state representative. And I don't care what state this is in. And people are normally held accountable. But if anybody can, anybody in their right mind watches Brian Sims and can say what he did is okay because you agree with him, that doesn't make it okay. So Brian Sims, resign. There's a petition out there. I think people should march on his office. And I'm not a big protest guy. But I think people should march on his office and demand that he steps down because he is mentally unstable and unfit to hold any office in the city of Philadelphia and especially at the state level. So, Brian, get out of my city. Go take your crap act somewhere else. Maybe to uh, maybe to Russia, where you would fit in, or China, where you would fit in. Actually, you wouldn't fit in in China. They would... And never mind. Enough about that. It is an outrage. I just needed to get that off my chest. And I also need to get off the whole Twitter and Jack thing. The AOC parody account, banned from Twitter. And then people wonder why Twitter, we're talking about worrying about the integrity of elections. Social media is so huge that social media giants like Twitter and Facebook, they can control what people think. Because people go on there, they don't know what's true, what's false. Correct. You know, I don't, all the political noise on there, I just basically laugh at. But the things that really intrigue me the most on Twitter 
are the parody accounts because they're funny. They're clever people. They're not calling for upheaval and tumult. They're not threatening anybody. They're mocking the people that they supposedly represent, but they're doing it in a clever and funny way. Right. Not in an evil name-calling. They don't violate any of the terms of Twitter's agreements. Nope. How are they violating it by I mean, pretending you're AOC? And it actually said in the opening line, AOC press relations, in quotation marks, parody. Account. I, know. I mean, if you can't see that, and people still didn't get it, I used to joke around because I'd always retweet it and give it compliments uh, because people thought it was, a lot of people thought it was really AOC. Right. And so I would always retweet it and make comments that were, I hoped, were equally as funny, yet there were a lot of people who thought it was really her. Same thing with the uh, same thing with the former Trump press guy, Spicier. St- Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer has his own account, but there's a guy who does has an account called Sean Spicier, and it's a parody account, and it's clearly a parody account. And he will tweet something as they say defending. Now is he still on there? I haven't checked. I wouldn't be surprised. I guarantee you they they've taken him down too, but maybe not. You know why? Because the real Sean Spicer probably hasn't complained because he thinks it's funny, and the guy who does the account is funny. So I'm sure AOC and her minions probably want crying to Jack that there's a parody account that has the audacity to have fun on Twitter when they when they flat out say that they're not really her. Now, um, the Sean Spicier account is still up, and I would be curious. I mean, it's, it's clear that there are parody accounts there's parody accounts for trump there were parody there's accounts a million for Obama. there's, there's, there's tony bruno parody oh, accounts tons of them i don't buy they don't bother me nobody's threatening anybody nobody's doing but there's a lot of accounts on twitter that actually do threaten people yet they're still up that's the hypocrisy that people don't understand listen nobody has to be on twitter you know we have to be on twitter because that's the way we reach followers around the country and if there was something better and people were involved in it I'm all for it. I'm all for freedom of expression. Twitter is basically a world, it's a world message board. You can go on there, you can create fake accounts, which is the biggest problem. See, I believe that there should be a way to, to, to validate who you are. Even the parody accounts, everybody knows who's running the parody accounts. That's the thing. It's not like somebody's hiding. The, the person who ran the account is well known on Twitter. Yes. So it's not like he's devious and he's got some political agenda. The guy's just having fun. The Sean Spicer account, the spicier one, which is hilarious, the guy's a genius. And he pretty much has people believing that he's really Sean Spicer, so they go after him. That's the part of the humor and fun that I enjoy when I look at Twitter accounts. Those are the ones that really make me laugh. I know, they make it worthwhile. It is, it's funny. And the fact that people don't get it, they're being they're being punked, really. Yeah. But they're I mean, being some punked your, in plain sight. Some of your fake accounts are freaking hysterical. Exactly. I don't condemn I'm not calling Jack. And going to Twitter support and having them removed. So the that's the thing times, that bothers the me. The only times when parody accounts are not okay is if they don't state that they're parody accounts and they really try to pass themselves off as exactly, the exactly. There's this one guy who calls himself Sports Talk Barry, uh-huh. and what he does is he'll tweet as if he's like Donald Trump, or, and right. people think it's really him, even though it still has his name in there. So he's some fake account. And he's a real person, but he uses somebody else's picture, and he does a lot of sports right. uh, alleged comedy. Yet he will post himself as Donald Trump and then po- post something, and people will believe it. Those are the kinds of accounts that, if you're smart enough and you can see through it, you realize it's just a joke. But you shouldn't be representing somebody else when you're not that person. Correct. I mean, it's pretty simple. 
If I, it was, if I was running a, a social media company, like our message board here on our Twitch app. You know what I'm saying? We just... I'm not. I have no political intentions. I'm not running for mayor. And if people want you to run, no, for I mayor. don't want to run. I would never run for political office. Seriously, I would. I have no desire because the problem with politics is you cannot be independent and think for yourself. No, not you are in this so day and age. beholden to people who give you money. Mm-hmm. You know the political parties who are fighting for power. There's nothing. It's unfortunate. There's a lot of people with good intentions who get into politics and want to do good for the people they right. represent. But for the most part, it's just a. It's just a shit show of a power-hungry Republican Party and a power-hungry Democratic Party. The independents, those people don't matter. They're just white noise in the middle of all of this. So that's my take on it. The bottom line is social media, take it for what it is. It's just a, a worldwide message board. And if you're going to allow people to get you angry on there, and then the company that runs it is going to start determining and picking and choosing with no consistency who should be on there, who should be banned for life, that's a problem. That's not how a free world works, okay? And again, you don't have to pay to be on Twitter, but they use your information well, and here's the just problem. like Facebook does. Here's a problem I have. Twitter, their excuse is that they, and, and the comments from people that are supporting be, having all these accounts taken down is, well, Twitter's a private company. Well, yes, they are They still, are, and they should, but, but they should use the same, the same rules for everybody on there. And they don't. That's the bottom line. And anybody who believes it is is a completely lost in the woods mental case. Because if you could you could see what's going on out there in the world. Right. Facebook's powerful. Twitter's powerful. They could have people on there, whether it's Russians or whomever, will will change the way people think because people don't like to think for themselves. They want to think for themselves, but they're so bought into and they're they're so enraptured in everything that happens in the world of politics, that they don't can't conduct their normal lives anymore. There are people on there 24-7 worrying about impeachment and uh, the, who won the election. Move on with your life. Look at me. I moved on from the Kentucky Derby devastating loss. I'm still taking Thank sleeping God. pills. No, but I'm still taking <laughs> sleeping pills, and I can't sleep at night. But, well, my, my fervent hope is that there will be a true, true competition for Twitter soon so that they realize that they they can't do politically based decisions anymore. People can do whatever they want. I know, as long as but you're it not be... it's simple. It's like going into a theater, you don't you don't scream fire. On Twitter, anything goes and people can say anything they want and a lot of people say dangerous dangerous things and they should be removed. Regardless of your political beliefs or who you are. People use Twitter Basically, to, to pass misinformation. Some people pass legitimate information, and that's the bottom line. So that's that's uh, that's all I have to say about that. I just wanted to get that out of my mind, out of my off my chest. The guy Brian Sims. I mean, that, when I kept watching those videos, I know, you shouldn't have. I, I should have actually taken your phone away. No, no, be, not because I don't want to hurt the guy. People are threatening by. I don't. I, no. no, it's not about threatening somebody you disagree with. It's about saying, you know what? What this guy did crossed the line. We still have yeah. a First Amendment. He can go out there and protest in front of Planned Parenthood that he wants people. People aren't being blocked from there. We go by there all the time. Are there people holding signs who are pro-life? Absolutely. As long as they're not blocking the entranceway and keeping people from going in, Mm -hmm. they're not breaking the law. That's what the First Amendment is all about. But when you have one guy offering $100 
to people to dock somebody, to release their identity under the guise of, I'm doing something good for the world. That's sick. The next one, um, he released two videos. There was was teenage girls. Yeah, I think it was a mom. I don't know if it was a mom. It was an an adult woman, not an older. The first one was an older woman. Right. Like a senior. Yeah, a senior citizen with a pair of rosaries. And so this guy's anti-Christian. Obviously, very dangerous woman. Oh, no doubt about it. Those, you know, those he could have. Oh, and those senior women. I think if, if she had holy water and it sprinkled some holy water on Brian Sims, he would have imploded. He would have it burst into flames. Well, you know, That's I mean, this is the she kind did, of craziness. If she had been a nun, though, about. he would have had every right to be scared because, man, those nuns are scary. But yeah, he won't mess with a nun. <laughs> I was, I was hoping that the woman would have walked up and kicked him in the balls. Because what's yeah. he going to do then? I don't know. If he's trying to dox a woman, ask her her name, and then she turns around. You know, guys are going to go there and give this guy crap now, and I don't want to see that. No. But I do. I would love to see a woman. The next woman that's there, and he goes up and pulls that crap with his camera phone, I want her to kick him right in the balls and have him fall down on the now, street. Now, Tony, we yes. are not encouraging I'm encouraging violence. women, not no. men. No, no, I'm no. encouraging any woman that he harasses, not just not just out of the blue. If he's out, If you're out there in front of Planned Parenthood, and this Brian Sims guy, you'll notice him. He looks like every other yuppie with a beard. He's just an angry, deranged lunatic. Glad, Glad in New York is asking, no, what, what is it saying? Glad-ne-n-c? Glad? I don't know, Robin. Just read it. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm trying to figure out these these handles. Asking if he's going to burst into flames like a koala. Like a koala when so they're eating sad. eucalyptus. From, this is from the show yesterday when Dun- Duncan Mackenzie McCard, our uh, correspondent from Australia, he uh, explained that because koalas eat eucalyptus leaves when there are brush fires, because they have so much eucalyptus oil inside of them, Correct. They, they actually they burst like a little flames, yes. Molotov cocktail. They burst apart. Oh, that is just sick. It is. It is sick. But anyway, that was my that was my opening. I don't have that scripted. That's just no, me that speaking from the rant. heart. And we want to thank for everybody in Toronto that is now listening because we are being ghost hosted by um, the oh whoops whoops I lost it. Hold on, uh, Humble and Fred Radio. Uh, Humble and Fred. Humble and Fred. Didn't I they work with them once? <laughs> they are a fantastic uh, radio show in Toronto. They, is that his real name or is he just humble like I am? No, it's two guys. Humble I know and Humble and Fred. Yes. I'm asking the guy whose uh, name is Humble. I think because I know there was name. Humble Harv, who was a great DJ back in the '60s. Humble Harv here, and he was humble. I, don't I should know. call myself Humble Tony, but it doesn't. It doesn't rhyme. You know, like Humble Harv sounds good because well, it's and nobody would believe. That was humble, Tony. I'm humble. Am I not humble? <laughs> I'm humble, Robin. Yeah, you're humble. I'm but telling you I'm humble, and you better damn believe it and repeat it after me. Tony Bruno was the most humble man I've ever met in my life. <laughs> not humble pie, of no. course. But anyway, enough of that. Well, we want to thank everybody listening in Toronto. Thank yes. you so much. Tonight, game five in Toronto, eight. The Sixers praying that Joel Embiid is over his cold... His colonoscopy, his knees, his health, because if Joel Embiid is still ailing tonight, it could be lights out for the 76ers. Not tonight, because obviously this is game five. So whoever wins tonight takes the upper hand, would only have to win one. Sixers find a way to win tonight. They could win the series back home here in game six. So the stakes are high. We know what's going to happen. To sit here and try to predict it, one thing we know, and I said this yesterday, Kawhi Leonard is doing things that no other player in NBA history has done in one series. I mentioned the stats. I know I, I, yesterday I told you that Kawhi Leonard has done what 
LeBron James hasn't done, what Michael Jordan hasn't done, what Kobe Bryant hasn't done. All of the greats in the NBA haven't done. And that is average 38 points a game and shoot 62% in a playoff series. No other player's done that. I'm talking the greats of all times. And Kawhi Leonard, I'm not going to put him in the Hall of Fame after a couple games, but this guy is legit. And you know the best part about Kawhi Leonard when you watch him play? What's that? He's unflappable. You never see him like yeah, go to official and yell. Right. He just goes out there. He is the quintessential lunch Where's pail. Where's he from? I don't know where he's from originally. I just know he's on the Toronto Raptors and he was in San well, Antonio. I mean, it obviously, to me, that is very good. Does it matter where he's at- from? Well, you know, I think that it's his upro- his the way he was raised. Well, then do a Wikipedia certain- search on him. I don't know his neighborhood, where he grew That's up. What I'm, or what the- I'm just telling you, when I watch players, I don't care where they're from. I'm watching them on the floor. I'm watching Kawhi Leonard. Not just in this series. You watch the guy all year. He's a great, great player. He's one of those guys who you don't... When you start naming the top five players in the NBA, nobody even mentions him. Right now, he's playing better than anybody in the playoffs. I mean, you saw that Warrior game last night. It was crazy. James Harden going back and forth, shooting threes, getting fouls. I mean, that series is phenomenal. Rockets and Warriors are now tied up at 2-2. And as I said in the show last week, the people on radio and TV... The bloggers, the talk shows, the talking heads in boxes on television, uh, the newspaper writers, the opinion editors, we all have opinions on sports, right? Because we, we think we know enough to figure out what's going to happen next. Unlike Kentucky Derby, where I'm the only person who's able to figure that out. But the point is, we had Paul Pierce. Remember, I, we played the tape after game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals between Milwaukee and Boston. Paul Pierce, the very next morning after Boston won game one in Milwaukee, proclaimed that series over. But the Milwaukee Bucks had no shot of winning because they don't match up with the Boston Celtics. Now, fast forward, after last night, the Celtics lose at home, and Kyrie Irving is now in a three-game shooting slump, and they win again. Milwaukee goes into Boston, wins two games. They're up three games to one, and so now the Boston Celtics, who... We're not going to lose. The Milwaukee Bucks, who had no way of beating them, are now on the verge of knocking out the Celtics as they go back home to Milwaukee for game number five. So the point is, you could be a Hall of Fame player. You could be the greatest player to ever play the game. You could be a guy who just played and retired last year. You know more as far as fundamental basketball and the ins and outs of the games and the locker rooms and how the players work. But when, you come, when it comes to picking games... You have no added advantage being a so-called NBA insider, former player. I mean, we all do. Charles Barkley, you know, makes predictions and he's wrong. So I love those guys because they're funny. Paul Pierce, though, and Richard Jefferson, the other guy, when he talked about game one of the West where the Golden State Warriors destroyed the Houston Rockets in game one, he too proclaimed that the Houston Rockets were done. They had no shot of winning the series against the Golden State Warriors. Now here we are going to game Five back in San Jose, back in Oakland, I should say, and it's tied at 2-2. And all of a sudden, the death squad that the Golden State Warriors run run out there all the time, their top five guys who can shoot the lights out, great game. I stayed up. It was one of the great games you'll see. Going back and forth, and then finally, the Warriors come back, and they have a chance to win it at the buzzer in the final seconds, and two of the best shooters in NBA history both miss wide-open threes. And... Golden State loses the game. That's the thing about sports. If it was so easy to predict, no one would ever lose. 
And so, great series in the West. No doubt that Rocket series against the Warriors is an all-timer now. This is an instant classic. And so now that one's going to go back to Oaktown for game number five. And tonight, game five in Toronto's Sixers and the Raptors and the Boston Celtics down three games to one. Should I thank the Boston Celtics for participating or would be premature right now? I think it's time to thank them. You think? Listen, if Paul Pierce can thank the can basically say that the Milwaukee Bucks are done after losing game one, and now they're up three games to one where Kyrie Irving is in, and again, Kyrie Irving can snap out of it in the next game. Just because he's had three difficult games doesn't mean he's going to suck. In the, and he didn't suck. He had 20-something points, but he was 7 for 22. In his last three games, Kyrie Irving is 19 of 63, 31% shooting. And obviously... He's the main guy. They have a lot of other good players, but Kyrie Irving, three games, you notice, and now all of a sudden, three games to one, Milwaukee's up on the Boston Celtics. Now I have a quick Kawhi Leonard update. He was born in Los Angeles, um, actually in Compton. Oh, straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. I wonder why he can ball. Now, if you know anything about Compton, it's not exactly the safest uh, I love city in, in L.A. I got a straight out of Compton shirt. Yes, I, I know. Should, I should have worn now, that today. Sadly, he, he was born, he's the son of Mark and Kim Robertson, um, and his father, Mark, was shot and killed January 19, 2008, at the Compton car wash that he owned. Wow. Um, so he did grow up with Yeah, he grew dad. up in a really tough yeah. neighborhood. And that's why when you see guys come out of that environment, no matter whether you're a basketball player or just a regular everyday person growing up in tough mm-hmm. neighborhoods and you find a way to succeed yep. with something that you obviously had the God-given talent to go out and and and, and get better at mm-hmm. with practice and dedication. But you look at him play and you say, this is a man who's who's just a serious basketball player. Right, and no he's incredibly private. Absolutely. He doesn't, he's not even on social media. He doesn't like doing interviews. He, um, his family uh, heritage is from South Africa. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and you watch him play, and, and you'll see a guy, because everybody, everybody who plays, especially basketball players, you know, there's a lot of trash talking. There's a lot of I'm better than you. There's a lot of crying to the officials. There's a lot of getting upset and throwing your hands. You watch Kawhi Leonard play, no matter what game it is. That man is just a dedicated professional basketball player who does his job, doesn't complain, as you mentioned, Danny Green and all of and his coaches—they're the ones who are speaking. You don't—you don't ever see him. He gets in front of the podium post game, but he's not a guy, me, me guy. He's not like, hey, I'm the friend. Now he did have issues in San Antonio mm-hmm. because they didn't resign him, remember? And then he went to Toronto. So his only public uh, wasn't even an outcry. He just was like, "What's up with the San Antonio Spurs?" Not publicly, but how could anybody not? want Kawhi Leonard on their franchise, especially Greg Popovich, yeah. one of the best coaches in NBA history. So they made a trade. They got DeMar DeRozan from Toronto down in San Antonio, and Kawhi Leonard took his talents north of the border in Toronto, and he's now the, he's the franchise. He is the franchise player. He's a free agent. So now Toronto will have to make Maybe sure. Maybe we should have Humble and Fred come on the show sometime and talk about their experience with him up there. And DeMar DeRozan, another Compton guy. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, Air, uh, Air Repo Man, the fabulous, fabulous Ken Cage, said that he repoed a helicopter from Compton, true story, and got shot at while taking off. Dude. <laughs> that's why he's a repo man. That's why he is. Ken Cage. Yeah, and that's why he gets the big books when exactly he repos right. those suckers. Yeah, because you can get the big slugs if, yeah, you, if, you, if you're trying to jack the, right, the wrong helicopter. So anyway, that's your NBA wrap-up. Of course, hockey last night. I was up late, late, late. 
because action was going on on the West Coast. Well, I was sitting on a sofa here on the East Coast. I gave up way earlier than that. What's the matter with you, Robin? We have now had 14 overtimes. Do you realize that? In this year's NHL playoffs, there have been 14 overtime games, which without any doubt, and anybody will agree, there's nothing more exciting in any sport than NHL Stanley Cup playoff overtime hockey. It's just every rush, every time you move up and down the ice, the game could end. It's really sudden death, the way sudden death was meant to be. So last night, while you were sleeping, yours truly, Tony Bruno, not even watching like Science Channel or any of his normal late-night fare, SpongeBob, because we had late-night action. There's nothing wrong with late-night action unless you're too tired and older and you prefer daytime action. But that's what happens when you get older. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, let's go to hockey action, Wait, Robin. before you go to hockey what, action, what? Tony, we need to say goodbye to all of those people that are watching on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. We love you. We want to see you and be have you be a part of our chat room and the Bruno Familia, but we need you to switch over to Twitch. Make the switch to Twitch. It's free to join. Twitch.tv forward slash Bruno Nation Live. It is the only way that you will be able to see us every single day, every day. from Monday through Friday, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And we love you on there. So we love you long time on there. And um, there are all sorts of different benefits when you follow. And then if you subscribe, there are even more benefits. So please switch over. Say goodbye, Tony, to all of the people. Periscope. I got to do my Fortnite goodbye. Facebook, and uh, we want to see you over on Twitch, damn it. I want to do that Fortnite dance to the Tom Jones. It's not unusual. I think I can get that dance moved down. Now, you've seen that, right, in Fortnite? Yeah. Where the characters, they they dance in there, and then they wave. The the Boston uh, Red Sox used to do it last year, but after they won the World Series and they came out and started stinking the joint up, although they're playing a little bit better now, they are no longer watching Fortnite in the clubhouse. And they're no longer doing the Fortnite moves on the base paths. The Phillies do the wave. Last night they waved goodbye as St. Louis shut them out 6 nothing. As the Phillies continue to be one of those aberration teams. One night they'll score 12 runs. And the next night they'll come out and score nothing and get shut down like they did by the Cardinals last night. Cardinals right now may be the best team in baseball. I mean, nothing matters right now in baseball other than the St. Louis Cardinals and the Cubs have heated up. The Cardinals coming off being swept in Chicago. Go out there and throw a shutout at the Phillies last night. And Vince Velasquez, people are wondering, what's up with Vince Velasquez, man? So anyway, let's get down to the hockey action, Robin. Last night, while Robin was sleeping, I had my Bucci Gras Overtime Challenge t-shirt on. As the Colorado Avalanche, at home in Denver, raucous building. High hockey game. They tie it up. Your abs in a must-win situation or go fishing, which they don't do in hockey. They go play golf. They usually fish in the summertime when all the ice melts and they go back home and get drunk and drink Molson and chase chicks and do all the things that Canadian dudes do during the summer. You know what I'm saying, eh? But anyway, in overtime, Robin, it only took two and a half minutes for action to occur. Gabe Landerskog, I believe it was in four. No, no, he was the captain of the... Uh, of your Colorado Avalanche. The captain, Gabriel Landeskog, in overtime. Right in front of the net, he poked. It was a great play. You have to watch the replay of this. He's basically knocked down in the corner. Don't do lower my music. Don't mess my steel, Robin. Uh, it I ended. got in control. It ended, Tony. All right, but you're always there worrying about controls. Well, when I, you I, have I to yell over home. it. No, that's what makes it sound better. <laughs> Don't you ever watch Sports Center or NHL Tonight? 
Gabriel Landeskog on the he was all in a heap on the on the in the corner of the ice. Gets up, gets in position, passes the puck, gets right in front of the net and slams it home. And the Avalanche live to see Game Seven back in San Jose. You can't do like you can't do highlights in a hushed tone. No. Unless you're doing golf. When you do golf, you get it in the hushed tones. And you play the birds chirping and the masters music. When you're talking about playoff overtime hockey action, you know? So we're going to have a game seven in San Jose in the Shark Tank. And then, tonight there will be another game seven, Robin, in the Western Conference. Yeah. The St. Louis Blues in the Checker Dome, where they haven't played in 100 years. But I always used to love it when the Blues, the building was called the Checker Dome. You know uh-huh. why? Why? Because Purina owned the Blues. Oh, and they had the Boston little Purina. Purina. Show. Yeah, the little so checker. the building was called the Checker Dome. Uh, did they paint it in like black and? Yeah, they had the checkers pattern? all over the place. Checkers was outside in the lobby though. The, the, the but Hamburg. my favorite stadium name still is the FU Building. Well, no doubt about that. But that's long gone. You can't say that anymore in this world of political it's correctness. Really too bad. But the Blue tonight at home against the Dallas Star in a Game Seven. It's gonna be awesome. I'll be watching tonight late. Sixers early game and then you got hockey later on at night also last night i mentioned the uh the boston bruins have advanced well boston the baseball team's mediocre the basketball team's on the verge of elimination but boston still has excellence in sports even though the people aren't very excellent up there but i don't hold that against him robin hasn't been to boston yet i gotta take her up there i haven't been to boston what's the matter with you i need some real boston chatter chatter we need to go down there and go into the big dig now that it's finally done. Oh, it's been completed for a few years, but talk about boondoggles in big cities. Anyway, so that's the hockey roundup. But the other story is the Edmonton Oil Kings have dumped Ken Hitchcock as their head coach. I think Ken Hitchcock is now in the, on, in the process of coaching every single team in the NHL before his career comes to an end. The Flyers added a couple of assistant coaches yesterday, and uh, that's pretty much the hockey, the hockey roundup. You know what I'm saying? Super Bowl champion. So I know, Dean. You think I just fell off a turnip truck? Don't give me the crap. I love how our fans are incredibly supportive yes. of the other fans. <laughs> so when we are not able to answer one of the questions fast enough, they answer for us. I think it's fantastic. And I know who the two coaches. I mean, I want to thank Trevor from the 203. It's uh, Michelle Terrian and Michael Yo, who was a head coach in the NFL. So these guys have NHL coaching experience. Mm-hmm. And the Flyers, obviously have a new head coach, so they keep a couple of the old guys who were around in the organization, and they bring in, you know, the, the, the coaches that the, the new head coach and general manager are comfortable with. Right. That's how it works in every organization. Organization. There's only organizations in hockey. Everything else is just organizations. Don't ask me to explain why. But now we got football news, Robin, and it's some really uh, scary football news. JPP. Jason Pierre-Paul, the guy, remember, blew his fingers off a couple of years ago in a fireworks accident, came back and played well down there in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. It was in a car accident, a, a single car accident. So he was Correct. the only car involved. We don't know what happened, but he was in an accident in Broward County, Florida last week and suffered a neck injury, a neck injury apparently so severe that it may require surgery, and it would right. mean that he would miss the 2019 season. Now, it's that hasn't fractured. been made official yet. Fractured neck is what Correct. they're saying. Fractured fractured neck, the severity of which we don't know. Some reports are saying, Adam Schefter is saying, 
that it probably will require surgery. And it doesn't necessarily he's going to miss the entire season, but the likelihood is that he may. Uh, there are some people thinking that depending on how they do the procedure, he may be back to play at the end of the season. The bottom line is, the guy was seriously hurt in a car yeah. accident. And this guy led the, uh, led the team, the Tampa Bay Bucks, who had the new coach, of course, former Temple and Arizona coach Bruce Arians. And what's interesting to note is JPP had not attended any of the OTAs, the off-season workouts, the voluntary workouts in uh-huh. Tampa so far this spring. Even though there's a new coach, he has decided, like a lot of players have, that since they're voluntary, I don't have to be there. So JPP did not go and hang out with his teammates and his new coach, Bruce Arians, so far, gets into a car accident. He had 12 and a half sacks last year for Tampa Bay, and that was the most since Simeon Rice back in 2005. So big loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and depending on what happens, I mean, this could be a career-ending injury, too. You know, it's not necessarily just yeah, he's a no, year. Yeah, he's so no you young, and he's not a young. Uh, he's he's not a young man anymore. Mm-hmm. So now you got a broken neck, and you got fingers missing. And by the way, he's playing. You know, he has the the fingers covered, so right. he's physically capable of playing football again. But now with the neck injury, anytime you have a neck yeah. or spinal injury, you're wondering about whether the guy could play again. But that's a big that's a big big story for the NFL and especially for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So anyway, we got we got all kinds of good stuff coming. Mar- speaking of Florida. Ms. Robin will have a couple of Florida updates today. Yes, I do. Good ones. Like Sunshine State means some um, some summer school, I think. Yes. You know, I think, you like, I think is the hat you... looking all right? Is it looking tight today? It is looking tight. It is tight. I got to loosen it. And we want to thank people. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes. Yes, it is. No, so, by the way, I, I we have. we want to thank everybody that's following and continuing to follow. We, we are constantly getting these trickles of mm-hmm. followers, and we appreciate we it. We want to flood. We don't want to trickle. A trickle means you Monty have to go... Monty Man 4 is Mon- now following yeah. Yeah. Monty Man 4 says... Uh, actually, Air Repo Man wanted to know if JPP was vacationing at the Finger Lakes. Now, come on now, man. That's just wrong. da da That's just wrong. The Finger Lakes aren't in Florida. They're up in uh, New York State, aren't they? I Finger actually Lakes. don't know. Boston, the Sunshine State? No, no. We're talking about Florida. We always have Florida updates. If you're new to the show, Miss Robin has a ra- or daily... Florida updates. Sometimes we have two or three of them. And sometimes we do an honorary Florida update if another state has a great story that might that could have taken place in Florida. And we we love Florida. So this is not necessarily a knock on Florida. No, these are just real stories. These are real stories and maybe It's a phenomenon. There's a guy on Twitter, I mean, uh, the Florida man yeah. is like legendary. I know. And he hasn't even been thrown off Twitter yet. <laughs> We we don't exactly know why. I think I think it's because of Florida man that all of these stories just come out, uh, and I'm sure that there are tons of the same and similar types of stories that happen everywhere. But we love Florida, so we're giving them you know love in many ways. Ken Cage Repo, what is this a geography show? Yes, it's an everything show. We fix everything. It's not just a stupid sports show. If we can educate. Exactly. Our listeners, just a wee bit. We're here for one reason yes. and one reason alone, to learn. I want to learn something every day. And and there is proof <laughs> that lots of people in Florida need a little bit more education. <laughs> the Finger Lakes are in Minnesota. Ah. We were just there, Minnesota. but they were frozen, so I couldn't see the fingers. Everything was covered in snow and ice. So. We need to go back and visit 
Andrew Zimmern. We have an open invitation to stay with him. He even told us where his hide key is, which I won't mention on the air. And he's like, even if I'm not there, come stay in my house. Finger? I didn't even... I'm sorry. But we have breaking news from the horse racing front today. We do? Just as the hubbub over the Kentucky Derby having the seven horse taken down, the horse that was actually declared the winner, Country House, the one that Hank Goldberg gave you and I gave you, has now been ruled out of the Preakness Stakes in two weeks. So there will be no Triple Crown this year. Wow. What is the reason? The Kentucky Derby winner, his trainer Bill Mott said this morning, that after Country House started to show signs of becoming ill at Churchill Downs, where he remained following his Derby victory, he developed a little bit of a cough this morning, Mott said. His appetite is good. He doesn't have a fever, but he's coughing. We drew blood. He's acting like he's going to get sick. He's off the training list, and if he's off the training list, he's off the Preakness list. Wow, wow, Now, my sources deep within the horse racing community have now confirmed that Country Horse was actually not with Joel Embiid at the Trevor Noah show in North Philadelphia on Saturday night after his big victory, and that's where he got sick, which is apparently where Joel Embiid got sick. Yes. And also, we can confirm, since now we know that Country Horse, the winner of... Uh, country house. Yes, not country right. house horse uh, is out of the Preakness Stakes at Pimlico. I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, would you want to go to Baltimore after you won the Kentucky Derby? Well, I mean, the, seriously, the weather sucked, and horses, just like humans, can fall, get cold, yeah. and things like that. So, so we know he. Well, we can confirm now our sources at the Trevor Noah show on Saturday night, where Joel and uh-huh, B was uh-huh. in attendance. Country house was not there. Also, we can confirm from our sources in New York. That country house was also not at last night's Met Gala. They didn't have the right. Uh, they didn't have a big enough suit to throw over yeah. him with all the other slapdicks. You want to talk about when can an asteroid hit this planet and just basically take us all out of our misery? If this, if we're going to all be obliterated, this would be the right time, I think. And I'm not. The I'm not Met a negative Gala, guy. I love life. The Met Gala might be the most over the top pretentious I mean seriously when did this ever. thing become a big deal for all of uh, it's it's bad enough that we just survived an entire award show season right, right. Where every week there was an award show with pretentious overpaid celebrities who are gracious not gracious fortunate enough to make millions of dollars playing somebody that they're not or slapping their backs every weekend you don't see me slapping my back back over my award well, I did. It was just one weekend a year. That's not going to happen anymore. But every weekend there's an award show. They're all slapping their backs at how great they are. It is When the pathetic. people at home who make them great by paying money to go see their crappy movies, and some of them are good, then they have this thing in New York, the Met Gala. Did you see what Odell Beckham Jr. wore? No. we got to post some pictures of this. I mean, it is the most pretentious. Just when you couldn't hate these people more, they give you more reason to just look down on them and say, are you people serious? You're worried about climate change, and you're wearing, wearing more plastic than the entire country uses in one day in the supermarket, and you're putting on these ridiculous outfits. Listen, I'm all for party and kind of but, but somebody explain to me the Met Gala, and what the hell is that supposed to mean? What does that do for anybody? Well, all the paparazzi and all the girls hang out with their pictures and taking care what the hell is the Met Gala, and why do we need it? Why does anybody care about celebrities wearing the most pretentious, over-the-top, stupid crap imaginable? 
I didn't even, I, I, don't, I wasn't, why, I, all I could do on my Twitter feed was completely blowing up and the Instagram feed with all these, Odell Beckham Jr. was wearing a dress. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't care if men wear dresses. But he had like cut off sleeves. Yes. You got to post a, a picture I, I of I have it. it on here now. Uh, it is It is an interesting little, it's, it's a, he was wearing a skirt and vest, cut off sleeves, bow tie. It's kind of a little bit of an Irish flair, maybe. It's interesting. You know, I, I don't know. But what's the purpose? It's a, it's like a, is it a fashion show where somebody wins. There is a theme supposedly every year. This what's the year's theme? theme was camp, not like as in we're going camping or the Girl Scouts camp out. A campy. It's camp like campy. Okay, I get but it. Listen, I don't have a problem. Highbrow camp, like don't take yourself seriously. Camp. Okay, so then uh, you wear like. So this is thousands Od- and thousands this of is dollars. Odell not taking himself seriously. Well, I don't have a problem with people poking fun at themselves. I love doing it. I do it every day. Yes. But they, the problem with this kind of stuff is that you're, you're preaching to people about how you're going to save the world, and then you're going to go out there and wear stupid things and have guys all painted up and carrying you on, on, on chariots and stuff. Yes. And a, I mean, it's... That, that is taking yourself How are people seriously. at home who don't have a job, <laughs> who don't have money, or living on the streets, on drugs, how are they going to say, hey, yeah, let me see, did you check out the Met Gala last night? No, I'm sorry, my tent, the guy in the next tent, I think, has some pictures of it. He's also sleeping in poop, and he doesn't have money for a meal, but hey, how about that Met Gala last night? They're really fixing all the problems of America. So, the... Um the thing is, is that I, as far as this particular uh, event and most of the people there, some of the people got it, the whole camp theme, but most of the people took themselves too seriously. Exactly. That's my point. Campy is fun. Yes. Self-deprecation is the best humor. Correct. People do, Because people are so, people can't, aren't self-deprecating in them. Most of the big name, high ego people, that you, they can't poke fun at themselves. That's why people. That's why comedians don't want to do comedy anymore. Now, Lady Gaga, obviously, she she is known for her major uh, crazy outfits all the of time. Of course, that's what she's. That's her. So, work. She's a great talent, but she also can back it up with craziness, and people love it. So, so what did she have on? So she had on. She actually, I think, it was three or four different outfits. So the big pink thing with a seventeen foot train uh, that came off and then it was a black gown and then that came off and then it was a pink sheath and then that came off and the rest of the day she Well, wore- the good thing is the real long thing, the pink thing she had on, at least five people on the streets of New York were able to have a tent to cover them <laughs> from the rain last night. I hope she donated that to the street people who have no place to live. I, it, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. And then Katy Perry, I saw that outfit. She had a chandelier. Did you see that? Yes. She had see, now that's legs. funny. That's not taking yourself seriously. Because her song, Chandelier, get it? I get it. And again, it's, it's cute. I just think that this whole... When, when you make an event like the biggest story of the night, and I don't get why that's a big story. It's kind of silly. It's because and I love costumes. silly. Nobody loves silly or campiness more than I do. I just can't believe people that are obsessed with stupid events like the Met Gala. There is one good story, though, that I saw that is proving how far America has advanced. Did you see what, what happened recently? No. For the first time in history, Miss America, uh, Miss yes. Teenage America. I did see that. And there's, there's three, all three major women 
crown wearers are African-American for the first time yep, ever. ever. So it's Miss America, Miss Teen USA, and who's the third one? Uh, Miss America, Miss USA, and Miss... Exactly. So Miss yeah. USA, Miss America, and Miss Teen USA, all three women are African-American. If that doesn't tell you that this country is making strides and it's not as racist as everybody wants you to think it is every day and how people don't have opportunities and can't do what they want... That's that really bothers me because I've I've lived through the '60s and I'm seeing, yes. you know, the civil rights movement. I was there. I've been through the Vietnam and protests, I'm, and, it's, and now people think that this country is now all of a sudden the only thing falling well, Miss apart. Universe. Miss Universe. I'm sorry, Miss, Miss Universe. Universe. So it's Miss Universe, Miss, Miss Amer- USA, or is it Miss America? I don't know. I, I I sent it to you. I thought it was Miss America, Miss Universe, and Miss Teen USA. Okay, I don't know wherever it is. It's yeah. the three main women's championships or pageants. Monty Man Four. You're giving me jungle fever. Well, I, I, are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding? I don't need to get Jungle I Fever. I have to find that song. Jungle Fever? No, the, what's the, it's not the one that everybody thinks. It's the one that made me incredibly uncomfortable when I was oh, in the waiting I know. room. Yes, what? I know. We'll find that. But first of all, speaking of music, you know what today is, Robin? What is couple, today? We have a couple of big events on the show today to commemorate things that happen on this date. The first one we'll get to. We'll get to the, uh, the other one later. But today, you look for the hashtag because you want to know what's trending, right? Aisha Curry is trending. And you know who else is trending? What? Teacher Appreciation Day today. And we love teachers. In fact, first thing I saw, thought of when I saw that Teacher Appreciation Day hashtag when I woke up, uh-huh. I thought of this. Exactly. God, I can remember when this came out. Did you like this song, Robin, when it was up? Oh, yeah. Now, Trevor in 203 <laughs> says that he dated a teacher, made her breakfast, and had Hot for Teacher playing every morning. He did that. <laughs> hey, you know, what's interesting to note here, this is one of the 80s the hairband great hits of all time, yes. right? Strip clubs. I mean, oh, I mean this yeah. song's played everywhere. So what's happened now since this song was made? We're finding every day that it's not guys who are hot for their teachers, which they still are. It's hot teachers who are now sleeping with 15 and 16-year-old dudes. I know. Why didn't it happen? Why didn't it happen? Well, it hot? Did. Because this is guys who are looking at their hot teachers, and Emily had the hots for, you know, a really attractive teacher in mm-hmm. school. Now it's the exact opposite. Well, no, now no, no. hot teachers are attracted to 16-year-old boys. The problem is, is that I, it always happened. It happened, <laughs> but, but now they're saying that it's a bad thing. You know, they're now they're it's figuring. It's a bad thing. They're That's saying, not what guys are saying. I, I guarantee you, again, this is all joke. We're having fun here. We appreciate teachers. They have, next to police and firemen, 
Teachers probably right now have the hardest job oh, in America. There's no doubt. The most thankless job in America. Because they have to deal with, with kids. And I'm talking about elementary, junior high, and high school. No, college too. No. College I, kids are no. out of control, right? College kids, I'm, I think that there's a, there's a totally different... Uh, college kids are subservient. They don't... They just... They just whatever they, what they're told they to do, they do it. They don't give teachers quite a hard a time in college. They no, still because can, the teachers tell but, them how to think, what to right. think, and sit down and shut up and... Pay attention to me because I'm going to right. forget about thinking for yourself. I'm going to think for you. That's college kids today. But I think junior high, junior probably junior high teachers probably have the hardest job of all. Close second is uh, elementary school because they're. We're not crazy. doing a poll on what's the hardest I, job. But anybody I guess who, I am. Anybody, <laughs> you could do your own polls. Just don't be on the poll, Robin. As no. the great Chris Rock once said. One day, I'm hoping when my, my girl grows up, I don't see her on the pole. No, right? You I don't want to see your pole. daughter on the pole. But the, the, this is how the world has gone completely 180. Back in the 80s, mm-hmm. guys were hot for their teachers. Now, fast forward to, to the 2000s, teachers are hot for their students. You think Eddie Van Halen and those guys ever thought that this would happen to them? <laughs> and now, that, that song is now not PC anymore. They but there's play. no. Well, no, we can still play it. Well, we they can play, play it, but it's... Club. But, oh, yeah. But, How is that you know. not PC? The chick's a little skinny, though. The one who's all dancing on the table and stuff. I'm sure that somewhere somebody w- is going to go, oh, that's that's a very inappropriate song. You know, we can't... Oh, be- screw those people. <laughs> they're, not, they're, they're, they're not the audience. We want people with open minds who get humor, who get sarcasm. You know what I'm saying? Who can mock themselves. If you can't make fun of yourself, then you can't make fun of anybody else. It all starts, if you can't love yourself first, then you're really, it's going to be hard for you to love other people. Correct. You must be comfortable Speaking in your own Speaking of space. loving, yes. I hope that everybody listening right now shared the show. And again, please, this is like a daily thing. This should be part of your routine to get all of your followers, mm-hmm. your friends and family to know about the show. Just because they you shared one day does not mean that they saw it. Or that they haven't forgotten, so remind them to come over so that they follow the show and so that we can grow. Because if we grow, we can stay on. If we don't grow, then we're gone. We're we gone. gone. <laughs> we gone. We'll be gone like so the Boston Celtics are. So it's in your Celtics own best interest to share and get other people to come on over. Exactly. Because make the switch to Twitch. Because we're be working honest. hard for you, as they say in their bars. Don't forget to take care of your uh, their servers yes. on the way out. Yes. We're sort of like on the air bartenders. Yeah. Except we're not going to become members of Congress because I have no interest in that. But we're we're like, and and we're giving you and again, a heavy this isn't pour. a vital service. I mean, you don't have to listen to any radio. You don't have to watch any podcast. But there's a lot of stuff out there, and we want people to. And there's a lot know. of crappy stuff out there. Yeah, and there's a lot of good stuff. I don't care about the crappy stuff. I care no, about the good stuff. No, but we're giving you good stuff, so you need to let other people. And we're like in your in your analogy of being bartenders, we're giving you a heavy pour. Yes, you, we are. You don't want us to go away. And we're not pouring like. Rot gut. We're pouring top shelf yes. every day. It's like you go into the bar. You don't even have to ask for the kettle one if you want a vodka. Exactly. If you want right. a screwdriver, and I don't know who drinks drinks screwdrivers anymore, but you're not going to get no. the pop off and the uh, the crown suisse. We even serve Hennessy. Yes. Yes. Where that's, well, that's. I had a guy go to a Costco and pick up a case for me the other day. Did you see that story? No. Oh, we got to do that story too. That's a classic. Guy went to Hennessy. Guy took, walked out of a Costco with an entire case of Hennessy <gasps> in the cart. That's probably like $1,000. I don't know whatever least. it is, but it's damn good. But we got to find that story. I saw, I saw it. It was on Fox 29 so on their web. It? 
No, he bought it. How do you walk out of a Costco without a receipt anymore? I don't know. This guy had a case. You've got to find the story. I, I saw it last night. I didn't open the story up, but I just saw the actual video of the shopping cart. The only thing in the Costco shopping cart was a case of Hennessy. And this dude is pushing it through the aisles, apparently on the way out. I don't think they got him. Do we have an update on that story, Robert? I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see a photograph. So give me one moment. Find the story. It's good. Man walks out of Costco. Yeah, it was in Wisconsin. I know that much. I thought there were blue moon drinkers out there. It's get so it wasn't a local Costco. No, it was Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Let's go to the update desk and let's go to your Hennessy desk. Oh, here we go. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can move the. Transition. There we go. Are you transitioning on the show? I am transitioning. So <laughs> I'm going to play. I, don't, I have no idea what this is going to be. No thanks. I don't want any notifications. Oh, it's not going to. Lifetime of experience. Okay. So while it's going on there, I, oh, here's a photograph. So we don't need to actually have the video. So um, how do you say that? Men, Menomani Falls. That's Men, close enough. Menomani Falls police are looking for a man accused of list, lifting Two dozen bottles of Hennessy liquor and a ho- and a home surveillance system from Wisconsin. So not so- only did he take the Hennessy, <laughs> yes. he took the home surveillance system. You know, he obviously how many cameras HD? I mean, it had to be the top of the line. He obviously realizes how how easy it is to steal stuff. So he wants to make sure somebody doesn't steal his stuff. So the case that so- you could see the, in the shopping yeah, so cart. Here, so here's the shopping cart. So there's 24 bottles in a yes. case of Hennessy. 24 Damn. bottles. No, because it was two cases. Oh, like he two, had two cases. Two cases. Right. I was going to say, they're usually 12 in a case. Right. So here you see him in the shopping cart, with a, and then underneath the shopping cart, you can barely see just a little corner of the, the home surveillance system that he took, and they're asking people to identify him. Um, but he... So he actually walked out of the... Yeah. Just wheeled the cart right out of the store. And it was a Lorex brand security system, total value with the Hennessy, $1,541.75. Was he in the showcase showdown, at least in the parking lot? <laughs> That's a fun name to say, though. What? Minamani. Minamani Falls. Minamani Hello. Falls. From Wisconsin. That's near the Finger Lakes, I think. Speaking of fingering stuff. <laughs> near the oh, finger- it's in the box. <laughs> yeah, everything's in the box. Could you imagine that? Hey, you know, you just brazenly walk out the door. We've already found out, not that we're, we are not encouraging this, but we've talked to a couple of people that they can't really even go after you. I know. People can walk out with two cases of Henny at a Costco in Minnesota. Boy, did I pick a bad time to leave the state. Because in most Costcos now, and and all these, uh, you got to have a receipt at the end. And then there's somebody there. Yeah, that stamps it. And they look at all your products. What happens you just keep walking? They're not gonna. Apparently, he not must have known the right time when, like, yeah. there's nobody's paying. It's like in the middle of the afternoon. The only people there are like housewives, and that's when I go in to check out all the housewives. Now, and what see I, if they're, what I don't understand. Somebody, desperate. somebody yeah. that's in security needs to explain to me why they can't go out. Because I know that when I was working retail, they had an actual security team that would that carried guns that would run after people and they would chase them down. They're not why? allowed to do that anymore. Why? Because, because you're putting people's lives at risk. And so that's the problem. I mean, even now you go into a Home Depot or Lowe's, people steal stuff in there all the time. And they walk right out and they hide it. It's crazy. And then, and then if somebody in the store goes up and says something to them, then you got to call the police. And so now, and there's, in some states, there's laws where you can't prosecute someone if, it's a, if you're stealing less than, 
more less than seven hundred and fifty dollars. Right. So basically, you can steal seven hundred and fifty dollars worth of stuff now, right? I think and not the, have to go to jail the, for the it. The difference between a misdemeanor and a felony in every state is a little bit different. I think, like in California, it's anything over. And the criminals know this. They know they can go in, steal something, walk out, and they're not going to be prosecuted because yeah. the security guard can't arrest them. In a lot of stores here in Philadelphia, there's actually uniformed police officers at the door. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to do anything either. It's just a visual deterrent it's so nuts. that people can't don't want to think about it. But the police can't do it. If Walmart, somebody steals stuff at a Walmart and there's police officers in front. I'm sorry, but I'm one of those people that I'm all for, you know, people getting chased and pushed face down in the parking lot, handcuffed. You take my shit, you're going to get in trouble. Because, you know, every single thing that gets stolen, that means that the prices are going to be even higher for the people that aren't stealing stuff. No, the price will go up no matter what happens. But but th- that's it's like credit card fraud. I had my credit card stolen when, years ago when I was at a, a Little League game with my kids, and I had my wallet in my car. The windows were open. And so that what they did— stupid. I know, but I'm right there. So somebody took my wallet out of my car, but you know what they did, which was smart? They didn't take your wallet. Right. They just took my credit ah, card, left so my wallet in there, it. so then went on a shopping spree at Best Buy for two days and rang up like $3,000. They kept going into the Best Buy up in Montgomeryville charging stuff like a set of tires and then they go back in a couple of hours later you know buy a tv and then they go back in so they keep doing it until the person realizes it and then calls the credit card company and stops and stops payment but guess what so i called the credit card company and i said listen this person has been coming in and i said i called best buy because the credit card company showed me the uh the, the transactions you can see them as soon as they're posted and i said hey my credit card's been stolen stolen i said but the next time this person walks in, because he's going into the same store, I said, can you have police there? Because you know he's going to walk in, he's going to charge something else, and as soon as they say that card's been canceled, he's going to walk out. Right. But he's already racked up $3,000. Now, this is in the 80s. So $3,000 So this was stuff. when they still could chase somebody. This yeah. Was, yeah. But no, but they know. Even then, so I called Best Buy. I said, listen, somebody stole my credit card. It's been canceled. A person keeps coming into your store and using my card to charge tires and really high-end stuff. And so the next time he comes in and tries to use the card, because he's going to do it again, because he's been doing it for two days, he's going to walk in there. Is there any way you can have police apprehend him? Because there's no doubt he's the criminal. You have security cameras. and You know what they said? Nope, we can't do that. So that's why the credit card company still makes the payments because people, you know, people do that a lot. They defraud the company. They say somebody stole my card, and they go in and charge it on their own, and then say they didn't charge it. But back then, people could steal your card, go in and charge it, shut it off, and then the credit card company would pay off the bill. And that's why interest rates are twenty eight percent because they do this all the time. They pay off the claim, and then they have to pay. Somebody's got to pay for this, and it's going to be the interest that they put on your card, so that they could protect the thieves who are doing this crap and getting away with it. It's a national outrage, it is. Does that look like an inside job, Stevie B said? The guy in the... Not necessarily. It's not necessarily an inside job. But, you know, people can walk into a store, but you think an employee who's on video surveillance is going to walk out with two cases of Hennessy and a security system in his cart and not be caught on video, and then somebody in the store is going to say, hey, I know that guy, he works here. So if it's no, an inside but job. Mean, what they're saying is inside job is that somebody on the inside oh, knew. Okay. So the guy at the yeah. door 
makes a deal with the guy and says, right. hey, I'm going to walk out. And I'll look the yeah, other way. Yeah, that's okay. It's like sort of like a, a, a fixing in the NBA. Yeah. Like Richard the Fixer Perry back in the day with college basketball games. It is an outrage, though. And people are saying it's an inside job. Now, way, um, play bar- this song. Barbecue Beef Balboa is listening on um, on Spreaker. And, Spreaker? Yes. Which why is, didn't he download the Twitch app? I'm, I'm reminding him, that's why I'm actually saying it out loud, is that if you are unable to watch the video for whatever reason, when you are on twitch.tv, it, it takes up too much bandwidth or you're in a location at work maybe that you're not allowed to, you can download on your phone the twitch.tv app. Make sure you have that anyway because it gets the best updates. And then while you're watching and you've loaded it up, go into the little settings up in the upper right-hand corner, click on that, and then scroll down and change it to audio only. And that way you can just listen and not have the video up, doesn't take as much bandwidth, and the audio is clean in the live version. On Spreaker, which is the place that hosts our podcast, because I have so much going on on my computer at one time, um, it prioritizes the Twitch to make sure that that is clean and the Spreaker app is kind of choppy during the live sh- the live stuff. Hang on now. Because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny. But yo, I'm making money, see? So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new fool in town. And my sounds are down by the underground. I'll drink up all the Hennessy you got on your shelf. See, I'll drink up all the Hennessy you got on your shelf. My name is Humpty. Pronounced with the umpty. Yo, ladies, oh, how I like to funk thee. And all the rappers in the top ten, please allow me to bump thee. One of the greatest songs of all time, Robin, the Humpty Dance. You're gonna fall when the stereos pump me. I like the rhyme. I like my beats funky. I'm spunky. I like oatmeal lumpy. I'm sick with this. Great gangster Mac. Hold on. This is funny. Dean, this is a great idea. Yeah, but thanks. We'll probably not do that. But it says, hey, Tony, I think I just solved all your problems for your electronic needs for what? your studio. I'll give you my credit card. You go buy all the shit you need. Then I call it in as a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Oh, yeah. We get right with that right away. Yeah. yeah. Nobody would figure that out. I got busy in the Burger King bathroom before the king was even cool, man. Come on, baby. Come on. baby. I do the hump the day. I do the hump the hump. I do the Humpty Hump. Just watch me do the Humpty Hump. Yeah. Do you know what I'm doing, doing the Humpty Hump? Exactly right. What a great song. By the way, that guy, the Humpty guy, he's now on Fox Sports 1 in the morning. No. Yeah, you see him? He's, he, he does a show. I did no, not know No, it's a guy that. it looks like. Nick oh, okay. Wright. Okay. Have you ever seen Nick Wright on <laughs> yeah. FN1? He does look like him. <laughs> if he put the hat on and the <laughs> <Yes>. glasses, he, <laughs> he would, would, would be shocked. He would be shocked. I'm telling you right now, you do a side-by-side comparison. Get a picture of Shock G, the guy who did the Humpty Dance, and Nick Wright on Fox Sports 1, and you tell me they're not the same dude. You know everybody likes to do that separated at birth thing? Of course, Shock G had like a nose thing on. It wasn't his real nose. Right. But Nick Wright's nose is his real nose. It's right, WR, right? Yes, Nick Wright on uh, FS1. Talented guy. But he looks like Humpty whenever I see him. Hennessy and smoked pulled pork tonight, baby. That's what I'm talking about. This is good shit. Thank you very much, Bob from Valley Forge. That's all we deal with is good shit. Hennessy, good. Remember, we did a Hennessy update on this show a couple years ago. There was a Hennessy shortage, and yes. now we know why. 
Hennessy's popular. We even drank. Our buddy uh, at NASTA brought us a bottle of Hennessy. Remember? That's right. Because there was a shortage of it. You couldn't get it. Now in many liquor stores, they have the good Hennessy locked up behind glass with the Similac and all the other things that people rip off. Hennessy is now like, you can buy the cheapest stuff on the shelves at state liquor stores here in Pennsylvania, but you want the good shit, it's behind the counter. Yep. You got to ask for it. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, and and they're smart because it's it's supply and demand. So they exactly. make sure that the prices stay high. By the way, where's my Hennessy bottle? I had it in here. We had, we used to put it up on the set. It's up on, it's in the liquor cabinet. Upstairs? Are you sure? I need to get the Hennessy down here. We may have to do a shot of Hennessy, even though I'm not a brown liquor guy. Do you, but Hennessy do you is want smooth. me to go get it? Yeah, can you go get it real All quick right. and I'll continue on with the uh, rest of the program? <sighs> Hennessy, and I was never really a Hennessy guy until I tasted it. And I'm not a big cognac guy. It depends on what the chicks want. You know what I mean? You got to have that stuff. You got to have Alize. You got to have Hennessy. You got to have Crown Royal. My boy Crown Royal Steve can tell you that. You got to have the good stuff. You can't have cheap stuff in your wine cabinet. Because we got wine. We got good wine. And we got mid-range wine. But in our liquor cabinet, we may have to do a show in the liquor cabinet one day. Bring that baby down here. We, we wouldn't fit. Because I carry all the finest meats and cheeses and spirits. And Hennessy is on that list. I think we're low on... Oh no, we have Amaretto, right, Robin? I want to know what we're low on. I may have to put that on my Amazon wish list. Can you buy booze for people on an Amazon wish list? Just trying to figure it out. Again, if you missed the big story, uh, the latest big story, that is, of course, that the horse that won the Kentucky Derby has now been scratched. Not necessarily scratched. He's not making the trip. He's still at Churchill Downs Country House. The horse that won after the... Uh, disqualification of the seven horse his trainer bill mott said he's not feeling well and he doesn't want him to run like joel Embiid played the other night in the preakness in two weeks and so he's coughing and as a precaution if he doesn't train he doesn't run at pimlico he hasn't even left louisville kentucky at the churchill downs yet because they usually ship the horses down to baltimore or up to baltimore after the race but he still wasn't feeling well so country house means there will not be a triple crown. There'll be some crown royal and other, but here it is. You know what we need, though? We do not have any of those little snifter glasses. Snifter? The kind of glass that you're supposed to. We had to... the big one. That's where I drank the Hennessy out of. That's not even really a snifter I know, glass, but I though. used it as one. Yes. Remember that? But we don't have a true, like like our, our tip jar. Our tip jar on the TV, um, on Twitch, that is a snifter glass, and we don't have any of those. Now, see what I'll, we have right here. I have to put that on. Speaking of our Amazon wish list, yes. for those of you who want to support the show in a, in a bigger way, other than just doing the tips and the tip and the... Um, Rex and effects? No, uh, that's yeah. different. You can go on our homepage, on the info page, and there's all sorts of ways that you can support the show, including going onto our Amazon wish list and purchasing us something on there. Now, this is the good stuff. And we will open it up live, and I will give you major love. Now, is this white privilege? Because this says Hennessy Privilege, VSOP, cognac. No, if you have it, you're privileged. Exactly. But this isn't like the top, 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 top no. show. This no. is still good shit. In fact, let me pour just a little taste right now, see what it sounds like on our uh, Tuesday. Now, you have to pay attention because yesterday you were just listening listening and pouring, and it poured a lot. No, no, I'm wine. just going to get just a taste. I know how to pour. I'm no AOC, but I'm, I could probably bartend at a shot in a beer bar without any problems. 
That's it. Yeah, that's, that's all you need. That's all you you just have the one little. It's sort of little... like when you're when you're going to the bathroom and you're an older guy and you just get that last squeeze out. <laughs> <laughs> Way to visualize it, Tony Bruno. Yes. Thank you so much for putting that image in everybody's head. Now remember, when we were in we were in the uh, Costco out in uh, in Northern California near your mom's house. What was the Costco out there we went into and they had like the liquor cabinet? Oh, the Menlo Park. The Menlo, Menlo Park, Park, right? The Menlo Which is like Atherton, Redwood Ritzy, Shitsy. I mean, they have like $10,000 bottles of, That's of stuff in there. the same Costco that was selling a um, $1 million diamond solitaire. Yes. If you so chose to. Uh, and people walk in by two or three for the for Mother's yes. Day is coming up. They're probably sold out of those million dollar solitaires right now. Probably. But we have a picture. We took pictures of it. Inside, they had the Remy Cognac, the Louis the Fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? I think it was, and it was uh, nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Yep. Why not just make it ten thousand? You're going to pay like nine and a half percent tax. Hey, that one. It's like penny, gas stations. Why do they still have the nine-nine up there? That one. What if you just make it an even number? You know that that one penny for those millionaires that are shopping there, they're like, oh. Ten ten thousand just too much, but that one penny, like, oh, you know what? I, I'll I'll splurge. I'm gonna pour one out for the guy. Why should I pour one out for him? He's got a whole two cases of Henny. I know. This is for all those people who can't get Hennessy now in Wisconsin, because one man walked off with two cases, twenty four bottles of this very special product in cognac. This is not the Louis uh, the Fourteenth. Now, are, or the thirteenth, whatever see, Louis it was. See, and the the problem is that I have to. I, these are the closest things that I have I know, to we need sniffers, a real cognac which are like the little min, they're, they're like martini glasses. I got my big cognac sniffer up here. Because me, the problem is, is that no, it's dirty, Tony. Don't I'm use not, I'm it. I'm gonna drink out of it. I'm just gonna show people. That's not a snifter. That's this is what I drank a bottle of yes, wine. You, you can pour a whole bottle of wine in here, and I drank this. On the show one no, night. No, it was Hennessy. You, we poured was it, you, yeah, it was yeah, a Hennessy, but we, I didn't fill it up with Hennessy. No, you poured, we poured you a little bit. And then if you, we have a photograph that was your background for the longest yes. time of you trying to get the very last dot with your very long tongues, trying to get I it out you. of there. I was, like a, I was like the dogs. You ever see the videos of the dogs putting their, their tongues in a glass yes. of water to try and to you drink? you can see Tony's tongue in the photograph. Exactly. <laughs> but by the way, so even though you, know, you can't do this on real radio, and I'm not pouring two. You really want a full one, Robin? No. I'll, I just want to taste we'll for share. just a second. We'll share. Because I'm not a big Hennessy guy. I'm not a cognac guy. And I don't usually have it until after dinner. It's a good uh But you know what this will do? Because of, the That's fact, just deep. because of the fact that we spent a way too long a time standing right next to Embiid in the locker room with all of his whatever's going on. Yep. Um, we want to kill off whatever germs. Yeah, because I, I didn't feel good this morning. Probably because I had like three and a half hours sleep yeah, and might, I've been taking Ambien every night. That might have... So this will kill the germs that are... This will... It's good for what ails you, Tony. That's what they used to say. Give your give your little kid like a sip of brandy. Remember? Yeah. When you had a cough and then the parents would give you a sip of brandy. It's, if you were teething. <laughs> yep. If you couldn't sleep. If you had colic. If you... Whatever. Whatever it was, just give them a little brandy. By the way, I have breaking news on the wine front, too, from Dean at Clearwater, who's a wine connoisseur, and we turned him on to the Michael David wineries. Uh-huh. He says there's going to be a shortage of Michael David gluttony. <gasps> One of the great wines that they make. They make the Rapture, the gluttony, the we have. Seven Deadlies. Now, we have a... Do we have a... I think we have a gluttony upstairs. Well, we have a lot of gluttons. That's when Luigi comes over. He's a, he's a real glutton. Yes, he is. For punishment and for product. But anyway... Here it is. That's like a half a finger here. No, this is no. This is this about a half. What would you call that, Robin? 
That's a half a finger. It's a half a finger. Sort of like the JPP pour today. <laughs> pour one out for his, uh, his yeah, neck now. Yeah, pour one out for JPP. We really do hope that he's okay. I mean, Absolutely. It's... We don't want to see anybody uh, hurt. So this is for the dude who walked off with a cart full of Henny. Actually, why are we? No, we're not drinking to him. He's no. drink, He should be drinking to us. I'm sure he is. Now, we took pictures <laughs> in, the, in the car. You got to post the pictures if you could find it of the uh, wine cabinet. No, the, the high-end liquor at the Menlo Park Costco in California when we were there over the holidays. Because we took pictures of it. You don't have to get it immediately, but I want to post it because we still have two, you know, almost two hours of show, hour and a half. We're reaching the halfway point. Oh, oh, by the way, today um, in about uh, 45 minutes or so, we are going to have the fabulous Vinny Tortorich coming on. Is he the former coach in the NHL or the Columbus Blue Jackets and other organizations? No, no that's, uh, he that's is a John, celebrity. Celebrity. He is the angriest trainer, the angriest. America's angriest trainer. Yes. Vinny Tortorich. And he's fantastic. He's funny, and he um, he wrote a fantastic book. He's done a documentary about the fat scam, and he is going to talk a little bit about intermittent fasting and tell Tony what he is doing wrong. What am I doing wrong? I'm doing everything that he said to do, and I've lost two pounds in no, two not weeks. Him. So, I could lose two pounds in two weeks without even trying. To, now I'm going through this extreme fasting. I'm going to rip this guy. No. I'm going to rip this guy. You can't rip him because, to be honest, he's not the one that told us how to do everything. I have not fully read so the book. So then why are we having this guy on if he's not pimping this fasting thing that we're doing? Well, he's going to, but he's going to tell us what, what I haven't been telling. Like There are obviously some things that we're not doing. We're we doing not something terribly, terribly <laughs> wrong. I have lost five pounds, though. I lost two pounds in the first week, and now I haven't lost an ounce. And I'm adhering to this. And this is, I, could, I, could, I guarantee you, I could lose a pound a day but, doing what I do normally but remember, without having to put myself through the torture of not eating for 16 hours a day. But remember, it's not just about the weight. It's about all the other benefits to your heart. What are the benefits? I lost a stinking Kentucky Derby. <laughs> I lost my teeth. All I've done, the only thing I've lost is a horse race of $51,400 and my plate that I have while I'm waiting to get implants that cost me $800. Well, That's what I've lost in the last week alone. That Your teeth are somewhere in this damn house, the, Tony the, the biggest losers don't lose as much as I've lost in the last week. And I'm not even talking about weight. Damn it. Dean quit, checks in and says, I love it when you prove Dean right. I told you it was a fucking fraud diet. God damn it. I'm, that's a quote now. I can say that because that's his quote on the... Uh, on the stream chat. But this is good. Did you finish it, Robin? Oh, that's the empty glass. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the glass and it's dry. Man. Damn, Robin really licked that thing dry, so uh, to speak. This is what Ambien does to you, Tony. You're a little bit fuzzy-brained. You know, I should have gone to Washington and gotten the Congressional Medal of Freedom, too, with Tiger Woods, since I'm now a Tiger Woods aficionado for using Ambien every night. Now have some, Robin. Just have a little sip. Robin's going to taste the sip of the, tip for just of the Hennessy. The VSOP. Didn't they do the sound of Philadelphia? No, that was TSOP. Yes. Remember TSOP? MFSB? VSOP? Oh, that's smooth. And you know where they make the Hennessy, right? Not in Compton. No. People don't realize where Hennessy's made. It's French. I know. Not that people don't know it's French cognac. When you see the name Hennessy, are you thinking France? Yes, because I know it was made in France. No, because you know that. Yes. But you're not thinking Hennessy is a French cognac. Correct. I it actually like does. When you look see good. Louis the Thirteenth, you know it's French. Right. When you see uh, I, actually, Catherine Deneuve, 
but cognac itself is French. I know that, but there's not people make cognac here too. It's like bourbon. I don't think it's called cognac when it's here, though. I think it only can be called cognac no. when it's made in France, right? No, that's champagne. Champagne mm. can only be champagne if it's made in the, in the French, district. the region of champagne right. in but France. But cognac itself is is French, no matter what region it's in. I'm sure there's knockoff versions. I think of it's right. over over here. It's like bourbon or or whatever it's called, right? Now people are saying it's not a fraud diet. It saved his life. We have people who said they've done this fasting thing. And a gentleman who's on our Twitch board Monty here. Monty Man 4. Monty Man 4 says, See, uh, see I'm not call, I, I shouldn't call it a fraud diet. I'm saying it doesn't work for me. Because and I don't you're go probably diets. not doing everything that you yes, should do. Yes, I am. Well, it's, you've, you're only doing what I told you to do. Had, we're now in our window where we can eat between noon and 8 p.m. I had a little sip of cognac. That's not going to set the diet off, is it? Is that a verboten in this diet? I don't know. We should find out. We well, you polished that right off. You're supposed to sip cognac, I did Robert. sip. You drank most of it, Tony. No, I didn't. I had one sip. People can watch me. I had one sip. You shot it down like it was a cheap drink at Ladies a bar on a Saturday afternoon at the sip. Jersey Shore. You drank it like it was a, uh, what are those things, with the, the ones that I like with the vodka and the lime juice, uh, where they make a big shot, big pitcher of them. Kamikaze. Oh. You drank it like it was a cheap kamikaze shot. At some bar where you pay $3 for a pitcher with a the butter, crappiest... Or a buttery nipple? Yeah, I don't like those. I love kamikazes because they're smooth and most of the time they give you a headache because they put the cheapest shit vodka in there and then they put some triple sec, right? And peach schnapps, I think. Isn't that what they make it with? <laughs> uh, to Trevor from the two of his... Miss Robin drank that like a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is White Girl Wasted Tuesday. No, it's Wednesday. Usually, Wednesday, we should have waited till Wednesday. We could have done I White know. Girl Wasted Wednesday. But anyway, I got to cover up. The cognac has been sealed, ladies and gentlemen. And if you'd like to have a taste, we were doing this when we had the cognac shortage. Mm-hmm. We were inviting people into the basement, yep. the wine cellar here, not the we basement. We should use like some special kind of a giveaway that somebody can be invited to come down. Come down and do a cup. But now you can't drive. You got to take an Uber or a Lyft. We're not pouring this good shit. To get you wasted and then have you go drive. Yeah, we no. don't do that, especially during the day. There's nothing worse than a person who drinks alone in the afternoon. You mean like our neighbor? Well, like everybody. But we only drink because we're on the show and we're contractually obligated due to our extensive contract with Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Remy? Uh, like Rem- now, what's your favorite called? Remy Yacra? Martin? We have Remy Martin. We do have Remy too. Martin. Upstairs. I have uh, Remy. Uh... VSOP. We have, a, we have all sorts of stuff up there. See, now you're not supposed to have alcohol, starch, sugars, bread, grains, or fruit. Basically, you're supposed to starve. See, that's not what I read. Now, I know that Monty Man 4, I believe that you were doing it for different reasons, and you had to cut out a bunch of stuff for... Health reasons. Health reasons as well. I think that if you're doing intermittent fasting, that you don't have to necessarily cut out all of those things, because... Let's be real here. Tony would die if he could not have pasta. Exactly. Period. But die, but sugar, I would riot. But sugars, we've almost completely cut out. Not not 100%, but we've probably reduced it by 80%. Um, See, people are saying, I had one sip. They saw it. You sip cognac. You don't drink it like you're a sailor I on had shore two leave. Sips. You two don't go sips. like you're, what, you're going on shore leave. and you get Or like you see in the old westerns where they... The cowboy would saddle up yeah, to see, the bar. Yeah, see, Man 4, he had fatty liver and hemochrom- hemochromatosis. Yeah, no, and people have yeah. health issues, and that this kind of fasting is good because well, it controls your body. Not only that, but intermittent fasting allows your body to uh, 
restore your liver. It, it, it helps rebuild because your human growth hormones are affected and re- <laughs> I can't talk with you doing that. That's so distracting. <laughs> Tony, stop. Okay, now you're just being creepy. It went from it went from <laughs> sexy to creepy really fast. I'm like Joe Biden. Just call me. I'm not running for president either. I'm too young. Anyway, so Stevie V checks in on our stream chat, and that's what the best part about doing this Twitch show because the audience participates without having to call in and wait on hold for an hour. They check in all the time, commenting on Robin drinking it like a trash can. But Stevie V, one of our favorite followers, says. Although he's not a subscriber, though. He says, I lost 12 pounds in a week on the intermittent fasting. Then I got in a fight with the old lady and put 12 pounds back on. True story. Old ladies always screw things up. Especially now we got a situation in the NBA, which is one of the big stories of the day. Stephen, Steph Curry's wife, yes. Aisha, now blowing up on the internet today. And now with a, the Western Conference semifinals down to a best of three. And her husband played well, obviously, but didn't make the big shot at the end. And now people are wondering, is the end of the Warriors run near? Because they're going to probably lose some players, maybe Kevin Durant. And so this Warrior dynasty may be uh, subsiding a little bit, according to some people. Depends on what happens in the offseason, who they lose, who they bring in. But now Aisha Curry... Steph Curry's wife, mother of his three children, was on a uh, talk show. What's that thing called? Red Table Talk? Red or Table Talk, and it's... Uh, Jada Pinkett host, Smith, yes. I think. Yeah, she hosted... Uh, what's his name's wife? Will Smith's wife. That guy, Will Smith, the Philly guy. Yeah, that dude. The genie in Aladdin. So she's hosting it, and Aisha Curry's on. So obviously they're talking about when you're the wife of a superstar with Instagram around and with the temptation around for any famous athlete... Mm-hmm. You're going to have, to quote some of my friends on Twitter, the hose. You're going to have... There's always the hose. They want a piece of that action. They want it. And so what do they do? And, and, and she pointed out that, Steph, we don't have a cut of it, do we? I do. I okay. do. I, I'm not exactly sure what's on this cut, but this is a cut of... They're um, talking about being married to a superstar. Right. And, there, there, and there were several several women that were on that were talking about... Because there's the, the Real Housewives of the NBA or yeah, whatever yeah, that show the, is the called. Yeah, yeah, the basketball wives. Baller wives. <laughs> that sounds bad. Well, baller wives are not balling. It's the uh, husbands but, that are balling. But I'll, I'll play this. I think it's only 45 seconds long. And then whatever... So she's talking about the fact that she has to live with the fact that she knows her mm-hmm. husband is a superstar, and he's very friendly. Right. He's, and so women like him, and they're going to... He's naturally outgoing, very friendly. Sort of like and, me. And I mean, that's, says, why women, that's why women gravitate to me. And she prefaces this by saying that she she knows that that's just the way he is. It's not that he's flirting or anything. Right. He's just naturally outgoing, and that um, she's not afraid of him doing anything, but she just knows they're just waiting. They're just like piranha waiting out there. Exactly. And there's nothing there's wrong with like that if they're a single guy. Circling. But married guys, I mean, they're on the road. They got the Instagram. You know, they're sitting in a hotel room and they're checking Instagram and all these hot chicks. Joel Embiid found an Instagram. Instagram models are now like bait because they see an athlete they like, they send them a little message, a little wink or whatever. And boom, you know what? These guys are like, wow. And women are conniving, man. They can really, they, they can do a number, even before men realize what's going on. They can get you all in, in trouble. So, and I say this 
because I know. Not from me. No, 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 because I know because I'm a woman. Oh. Yes. Did you stalk me? I don't remember now. No. There wasn't any Instagram back then. I didn't stalk you because... You didn't know who I was, which is the I, best way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Who's calling now? Oh, it's that. Never mind. Um, so here we go for the, the quick little snippet snippet. So this is Aisha Curry, Steph Curry's wife. Now, this is before... What happened He's last night? around oh. y'all men. Okay, hang on, Robin. <laughs> what are you doing with that? You told me to go. And no, I didn't say go. You said you found it and you just played it. <laughs> Sorry. So this happened before last night's game yes. four where the Rockets played great. They're out physically. You know, they're playing physical basketball. James Harden is going crazy. That Despite all of that, I mean, the Rockets were up big in this game, and the Warriors came back and had a chance to win it and missed a couple of shots at the mm -hmm. end, including Steph Curry, who's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. So now you got this Paul, not Paul, but all of a sudden concern from Warrior fans about, whoa, oh, is, is this the end? Is there something going on at home? See, but I don't but think... No, no, it has nothing to do with what's going on at home. It's the fact that she's added drama because everybody's talking about this. All the NBA people, this is the big story. You go on Twitter, you look at Twitter, and it's like people are saying that she's, you know, she's full of it, she's just relaxed and not, you know. So anyway, this is what she said. Now, this is before game four. Now, all of yes. a sudden, because game because now all of a sudden it's, it's a best of three series, it's tied 2-2, people are now saying, she's doing this at the worst possible time. I'm like, this isn't my opinion. I know. I'm giving you an overview. But I just want to say that everybody that's talking about it is just so incredibly stupid. No, there are people They're both sides. They're over-dramatizing it. No, because... it's, there's people on both sides yeah. of the issue. So that's what makes it interesting. Not everybody's agreeing with her, and not everybody's disagreeing with her. So therefore, it becomes a legitimate topic of conversation. I don't care what people do in their private lives. I don't care if athletes are banging women. I mean, that's what they do, even though it's wrong, yet they're the same people criticizing other people for doing it. That's the hypocrisy well, that comes into play. let's go to the play. tape. Hear okay. her for a second. I need to set it up, Robin, and okay. then I will tell you when to go to the tape. Okay, go to the tape. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> How do y'all deal with all the ladies around y'all men? How do you do that? Stefan is like very nice by nature and he's very talkative. He's just like you. He gets it from his mama. And so like everything's always like very, very friendly. And sometimes to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm a grown woman. So I'll just insert myself and be like, hello, how are you doing? Right. Like I'm, I'm okay with it now. And I've, I've obviously, you know, like the devil is a liar and there's always like the ladies will always be lurking, right. hoping, hoping for their moment and waiting. You need to be aware of that. Right. But for me, I, I, I honestly hate it. So there you have it. So that's the comment she made. Right. And it was an interesting comment. And most women who are married to celebrities, whether it's entertainment, any kind of celebrity who makes a lot of money and he's married and he's got kids... You know, the women are going to go after the husband because that's the way the world is. Right, and she's talking about, like, she goes on to talk about her own insecurities, not that it has anything to do with Steph Curry, that she's worried about him, and that they have a very secure message that they, marriage, and that they talk a lot. But, um, so my feeling, like, even, even Trevor from the 203 is saying the over-under of when she's going to ask for a divorce. I didn't get that from, I watched more no. of it earlier. I didn't get that from this at all. They are talking about how do you deal with this kind of thing. And then she admits that she has her own insecurities and that as long as she uh, realizes that it's not Steph doing anything wrong, that she's just looking 
seeing this and it's her own jealousies that everything's going to be fine. Yeah, but what's happening now is that you have people out there saying, oh, uh, no. poor Aisha now. It's like, pick me. You're not paying any attention to me, but you're paying stupid. attention to my husband. So there are people who are saying, now all of a sudden she's worried about, I'm a pick me girl. Why don't I get messages from men? I'm still attractive. You know, I'm the wife. But, but that's not what she's actually saying. But people are reading into that with like, you're the wife, you got three kids, and men aren't hitting her up on Instagram and social media. So what's going to happen today is men are going to start hitting on her, and then what happens? But there's a lot of interesting reaction on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, this is from Yvette Dion, and these are all blue check marks. Right. So these are famous people. I don't know all of them, but they're famous. Aisha was honest, open, and vulnerable about herself, her marriage, and the very real possibility of her very famous, very wealthy, very fine husband cheating. And that makes her a pick-me? Words mean things. We can't apply them as we please to the people we dislike. And she's exactly right. You know, I mean, the fact that she talks about her husband obviously has women targeting him, just like any of There are scrub guys oh on NBA God, benches. Yeah. There are guys who don't play who have women hitting on them because they're famous athletes. I mean, you, anybody that's in any kind of limelight has women fawning all over. You have... You have it all the time. Not anymore. But you had it even more when you were on different... Of course. Yeah. People think you're a celebrity. They think you're rich. and they. But see, everybody that I've ever been associated with, everybody that I've dated, my, my former wife, you, most of the women that I met didn't know who I was. I didn't, right. I didn't really hook up with people who were like, oh, wow, you're Tony Bruno because I know... Well, not permanently. <laughs> well, that's, but what happens is people who... Like, look at the celebrity world. Celebrities marry other celebrities. And then everybody says, oh, isn't that nice... Look, a big celebrity and another big celebrity. And then what happens, they go home and they realize, yeah, they may be movie stars or rappers or singers or entertainers. But what? Guess what? You're a regular person. And after a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years, people realize that they're just regular people when they go home. And no matter how big of a celebrity you may be or your wife may be or you both may be, sooner or later, Halle Berry is a classic example of that. Sooner or later, somebody's going to get tired of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Not just women, but men. Women who marry men because they're famous, they get tired realizing that the guy is just another jerk-off guy at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Not all guys. I'm, 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 I'm generalizing. Well, uh, Bob from Valley Forge says, even Boban has women hitting on him. Yes, exactly. They're, they're mutants, and they're usually Game of Thrones fans, but <laughs> hey, somebody's gonna, everybody needs some loving. God, his, his head. Robin was standing there as Boban came out of the shower on Sunday. He is a very interesting... He wasn't naked, though. They all have towels on. ...human specimen. Yes, he is. And I have to admit, I did. I did. I mean, I, I was... It's been a while since I've been in a locker room. Um, used to go down more often when we were In doing the locker a, room? Yeah. You've gone down in the locker room, huh? We have tape? But I'm bummed. <laughs> um, but, you know, every now and then, a towel slips, falls off. I, I I was looking around just to see, just uh, curious. I was ready to whip it out too, just to do some comparisons to see what was going you know, on. No, you said, but but you got to keep it professional. No doubt. But about Boban, it. he is a very like I I think. Did you feel like you were on the Game of Thrones set in between scenes before they took the Starbucks caught to cup off the table? He is he is a very interesting specimen. Well, you know that's why he's in a lot of movies. And I guarantee you, he's got a career in movies. Oh God, yes. Because a lot of the here, you know, a lot, remember the uh, the guy who played Jaws, Richard Kyle. Yep. You know, he was a oh, celebrity, yeah. and because but, I mean, of his that, unique look, he has that unique, very yeah. Neanderthal type looking brow bone. Mm -hmm. His ears are. No, he's else. a very unique looking cat, and that, yeah. those are the people. 
Like, they don't even he have to say anything. He doesn't even have to say anything in a movie. You know, like Lou Ferrigno, when he played the Incredible right. Hulk, never said a word. No, because he has a lisp. Exactly. But now, and later in life, he was able to do things, right. and he improved the lisp. But people remember him as the Hulk. Boban's going to be one of those guys who's going to be in movies. He's going to play either the bad guy, James Bond, villain. You know what I mean? He, he's perfect for that. But anyway, one more. Here's another good one. This is another good. By the way, I want to reply to 91 Sixers. He, his comment is, this show has no Twitter interaction, and it's another what's in the news show like Wendy Williams. What? Otherwise, it's good. <laughs> what's in the news? We're talking about things that everybody's talking about. Well, I guess that's what's in the news. Yeah, but, but it's, it's not, not. We're not. But we're not. It's all pop. We're definitely talking sports. You miss the exactly. whole hockey update. You miss the. There's all sorts of sport type things that are going on. We sprinkle. We sprinkle these interesting tidbits. Exactly in between because sports. this is what people wake up and hear. You know, to rehash last night's game over and over again, the, the afternoon afterwards, we told you what's happening tonight. We gave you what's coming up tonight. We, we gave you a whole teacher appreciation day update and played a little Van Halen. Exactly. We played a little Humpty dance on the show. And not only that, but I can guarantee that Wendy Williams' audience does not have as much interaction with a host as this show does. Exactly. We're, we're, we're lying. We're so in. what the hell are you talking about, mister? I don't know. <laughs> you got to enjoy it. We're doing three straight hours with no commercial breaks. We're not doing a five-minute interview and then breaking and then coming back and rehashing the we same time. We might, if we need to, run to the bathroom every well, now yeah, and then. And here's another one. Kimberly Nicole Foster on Twitter says, Aisha is not the problem. She's the victim of the same shit the rest of us are dealing with. She's just unlucky enough to do it as a public figure. To make fun of that and bring up her use of medication is ugly. I don't know what feminist texts you all follow, but reread them. By the way, Trevor, yeah. no, that was not a comment for uh, 916er to get out. No, we're not telling no, you to we're get not out. Telling Harry Mays would, but we're I don't just... say that to people. I... Get out! Get out! We're just educating him and trying to explain that this show is different. We're not about this, it. We're just having fun and talking sports. We're inclusive. Sport. We're all over the, the, the NBA. No, there's only and the like, Aisha Curry story, whether you like it or not, I don't like this part but of it. But it has something to do with sports. Exactly. For sure. Because now what's happening, it's not about whether she should have a man too or whether he's uh, sleeping with her. The question now is, looking at the basketball angle right. of this, just like the Joel Embiid illness angle of this, has nothing to do with the actual game other than how will it affect him in the game because he had the, the problem with the shits and then he had the flu thing, uh, which he had the other day and obviously couldn't play at 100%. Right. We're not so talking about Curry. a game. No, not We're a game. Not about, a game. Speaking of that, ladies and gentlemen, what a perfect transition, Robin. <laughs> because on this date, this day in history, you know what happened on this date, May 7, 2012, Robin? Where were you in 2012? I was doing a show with you. Not in 2012. Not 2002, I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Not 2012. 17 years ago, May 7th, 2002. I was in my second year in Los Angeles. And that's when the 76ers were really, really good. And the year before, they made the NBA Finals and beat the Lakers in Game 1 of the NBA Finals at Staples Center, where I was on the floor, rocking it. Because I was a Sixer fan in L.A. And I was talking trash. And I was feeling good. Because AI led the boys to a big game one victory, and then unfortunately the Lakers came on and won the rest of the series. But the next year, after the Sixers were in the NBA Finals, there was a lot of pressure on the Sixers. You know, can they go back? Is this team good enough to win an NBA championship? They got AI, but they got a bunch of guys around them that they have enough guys to help him beat the Lakers, the dynasty team of that era. And then at practice, the next day, after practice, Allen Iverson sat down with the media 
And this magical moment happened on this date, May 7th, 2002, 17 years ago today. Anybody tell you that I miss practice? If, 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 if a coach say I miss practice and y'all hear it, then that's that. I mean, I might have missed one practice this year. But if, if somebody say he doesn't come to practice, it can be one practice. Out of all the practices this year, that's enough. If I can't practice, I can't practice, man. I'm hurt, I'm hurt. I mean, simple as that. It ain't about that. I mean, it's, it's not about that at all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's, 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 it's easy to, to, to talk about. It's easy to sum it up. When you just talk about practice, we sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. practice. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? I mean, we're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. We're, talk we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. When you come into the arena and you see me play, you see me play, don't you? Absolutely. You see me give everything I got, right? Absolutely. But we're talking about practice right now. But it's an issue that you're we're talking about practice. Man, I look, I hear you. I, it's funny to me, too. I mean, it's strange, it's strange to me, too. But we're talking about practice, man. We're not even talking about the game, the actual game. When it matters, we're talking about practice. How the hell can I make my teammates better by practicing? There you have it. There you have Ain't it, folks. Got time for that. Exactly. And, of course, the follow-up to that after his mom was cornered, it wasn't even uh, airport Johnny Clark then. Because the guy who asked the questions is the late, some of the questions that you heard, uh -huh. the late, great Phil Jasner, noted basketball columnist and one of the best writers in this city's history who we lost a couple of years ago. Phil Jasner was the one asking him about practice, and that's that two-hour, two-hour, two-minute and 23-second gold. That will always be remembered as one of the greatest. And it wasn't an out. He wasn't screaming and yelling. No. He wasn't busting stuff up. He was cool, calm, and collected. It was just one of the best Rambles, not even a ramble, just a deep-thinking guy wondering why people were concerned that he missed a practice, man. To make a 215, and this is where Tony Bruno, most of Tony Bruno's soundboard came if, from. <laughs> I hear you. Exactly. we got to pull more out of there, though, because there's some great... And then, of course, his mom, as I mentioned, was pulling out of a parking lot in a car, and all the media descended upon her, asking, him about, asking her about... Uh, about AI and what was going on in his marriage, right, remember? Right. It was his own personal life. Yeah. And then everybody, and this is before like TMZ and, and all, was everything his, was important was to people. Was it his wife or his girlfriend? Yeah, his wife, Tawana. Uh huh. Remember, and people were saying, oh, what happened with Tawana? And then, and then she says to the reporter, Did Tawana tell you that? And she's in her car in the yep. front seat. And then she said, 
Don't go there with me. Don't go there with me. Don't go there with me. You want to keep it real, you keep it real with me. Because I ain't for no games. Man, those are great days. So this is what's happening now. Fast forward 17 years later. And what are we still doing? We're not talking about practice, although I don't know whether Joel Embiid practiced today in Toronto for tonight's game yet. I'll find out. But we love the games. But we've also become a culture where we care about the bullshit about whether the guy's wife is mad or whether the guy's, he's cheating on his wife and is that going to affect the next performance? How is that going to affect the point spread? How am I going to bet now on the Warriors now that Aisha Curry has, has uh, talked about whether it is women or too, too many women around her husband? And so is that going to affect Steph Curry shooting the basketball? Probably not. You know what it's going to affect? The people watching the game, the people talking about the game, the people betting on the game, because now everybody that's around the Warriors and the Rockets for the next two days before they play games, uh, game six back in Oakland are going to be asking about, how's this going to affect the Warriors? They're a team that may be losing guys. Draymond Green may be leaving. Kevin Durant may be leaving. We can't have the Warriors, a modern-day NBA dynasty, being broken up because of a personal thing with his wife. Obviously, he, he doesn't have a problem with his wife. He loves his wife. He has his kids all around all the time. But the whole specter of, Women are going to, now women are going to really ratchet up their games, right? All the evildoer women out there. Mm-hmm. Not, they're all, not that they're all evildoers, but the ones who try to take somebody else's husband away. Yeah. The ones who think, Bad. she doesn't deserve him, I do. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a jealousy mentality that happens with a lot of people. You see like a, a really attractive woman with an ugly guy, and you're saying, dude, what's she doing with that guy? She should be with me. I'm good. And I'm not talking about me in particular. Right. I'm saying a good-looking guy will see an ugly guy with a beautiful woman. And then they'll think to themselves, damn. I mean, unless he's super rich and she's about the money and she loves him because of who he is, not what he is, why is that woman going out with an ugly guy? Or vice versa. Why is that guy going out with an ugly woman? Because that's how shallow and pretentious we are. We don't care about the depth of the situation. We only care about the physical appearance of it. Right. And so now people, are, the people who are criticizing Aisha Curry are saying that she's a pick-me girl now. You know, the term pick-me is like, hey, you want my husband, you want my husband. What about me? Why aren't guys coming after me? And a lot of women have to deal with that in relationships with famous people. You know what I mean? They think, look, my husband's getting all the attention. I'm working hard in the background. I'm the mother of his children. I'm his, hus- I'm his wife. And I can, you try to put yourself, now you can put yourself in that position, but people are attracted to you, Robin, and I don't let, I don't go crazy over it because you're an attractive woman. The point is that in any relationship, if somebody is well-known and the other person isn't, that person by nature has a tendency to be overlooked in a relationship, right? The only time, I think the problem is, is if the person who is famous and who's getting all the outside attention, if they are not giving the person that is staying at home enough attention. That's the only time it's a problem because then there's jealousy involved. If they are a fully attentive partner, spouse, whatever, then there's not going to be a problem because you're going to be securing your relationship. Exactly. A lot of great comments. And I'm saying there's comments on both sides. There are people who are actually against Aisha Curry for speaking Mm -hmm. the truth. And then there are people like this. Senator Shit checks in. Now, he's not verified on Twitter. (laughs) That's his handle. Senator Shit says... However, my problem with Aisha Curry is that instead of dealing with her own insecurity, she used it to class herself as better than the women she fears might take Steph away from her. 
See, that's how people think. They're not nobody. So everybody isn't looking at it the same way. I know it's kind of sad. It really is, but that's the world we live in now. Because I actually, I think it's, a, I think it's appreciative because it shows that Isha has the same insecurities that anybody else has. That no matter who you are, no matter how rich or famous, whether a spouse is or you are or what your situation is, that you're going to have the same types of emotional baggage that anybody else has. Yeah, and this is my favorite one from Tret Oven. I don't get these Twitter handles. Ayesha Curry, colon, I'm insecure because all these women throw themselves at my husband, and because I get zero attention, I feel like I might not be enough for him. Women on Twitter, this dusty pick-me bitch needs to shut her mad at made ass up. That's the kind of reaction that you're getting. Because he's actually knocking the women who are making fun of her because she's insecure about herself and is worried that some other woman's going to take her husband away from her. Well, and it's even it. for a night. And <laughs> it's only the, the women who are uber, uber jealous that are going to be all over her because they're like, you have him and you're still and, and you're still insecure. F you. So whether you like this stuff or not, isn't really the story. The story is one person makes a comment and there's two sides to the interpretation of what it really means. And then with all the spin doctors and the media people and the sports people who don't have relationships and have no idea what's going on because they haven't. They're not capable of having a relationship or being married with three kids and trying to put yourself in that position, whether you're the man or woman, are now judging both the man and the woman in the situation. So this will swirl around. Again, is it really going to affect the outcome of a basketball game? No. But just like Allen Iverson became the focal point of that 76er team that went to the NBA Finals in 2001 against the Lakers, and the concern back then was with Larry Brown, the coach, would they be able to add pieces around him because there's no doubt Allen Iverson was the team. And his cast of characters were nice role players, but he didn't have that complimentary superstar or two that you need now to win an NBA championship. Allen Iverson almost single-handedly took the Sixers to an NBA championship, but the team wasn't good enough. When you went up against the Lakers... And you're going against one guy that you needed to stop. Now, he had some guys who performed. As I said, I'm not trying to de- denounce the entire team. But when you look at the teams on paper, there was no way the 76ers should have even won a game against that Laker team in 2001. And they did. They went into Staples Center and won game one and shocked the world. And so when you get that, that taste and you think Allen Iverson is the guy that's going to take the Sixers to the championship – And then the cast around him isn't good. And then all of a sudden, people are pointing the finger at Allen Iverson, the only guy who was the franchise face, and suggesting that the team wasn't doing as well because he wasn't going to practice. You're seeing a man who then thought, why are you picking on me? I'm doing everything I can. I go out on the floor. Now, he would go out gambling. And Michael Jordan, when he was winning NBA championships and was playing against the Knicks, you know what he would do on off nights? He'd drive to Atlantic City and be in a casino all night. Nobody complained. You know why? Because Michael Jordan would go and win the game the next day. So when Michael Jordan was philandering, when he was taking trips to... Remember, back then you had to go to Atlantic City to bet. So he would drive from New York, get in a limo, obviously, and go to New York from New York to Atlantic City, about a a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and he would spend all night in the casinos gambling. But back then it was like the people who wanted to criticize Michael Jordan because how dare he go to a casino, like the people criticizing Joel Embiid Mm -hmm. for going to a concert on Saturday night uh, with, uh, what's his face, Trevor Noah, and then he's sick the next day. People always try to make something out of something. Did he get sick at the concert? Why is he not home? And so these are the kinds of stories. And then the players hear this. They read this. They hear about it. And when they say they don't care what the media says or what talk show hosts say, 
They're lying. They do care because it, it, it doesn't go away. Uh, tonight, if Joel Embiid plays well, people won't care about what happened the other night. Correct. But if Joel Embiid is still sick and he doesn't play well and the Sixers go down on the verge of elimination and have to go back to Toronto and win two games because they would have to win tonight mm-hmm. and again on Saturday when they come back. So they would have to sit, the next team that wins two games wins. But the problem for the Sixers, if they don't win tonight, are they going to come back here, win game six, and then go to Toronto and win game seven? It's possible, but not very likely. And so that's why the health of a guy and what he does in his spare time is important. All of a sudden, beca- but it's not important because a guy going out on a Saturday night for a couple of hours should not mean that he shouldn't be in. I said it yesterday. What is he going to do? But go, he put was recently sick. Bus? He went, oh, he had, he had the shits. It wasn't the same thing. It wasn't like he had pneumonia and then got better yeah, and then went Im- out again. But your immune system was still compromised. You what are you, a take- doctor now? Yes. I, nurse. Just because nurse you, Robin. Just saying- because you put a, a, a damn drill bit into your toe <laughs> and drain it and then videotape, it doesn't make you a doctor, Robin. I am a fantastic nurse, as you well know, Tony Bruno. Well, that kind of nurse I can agree with. Those are the only kind of nurses. Well, no, I like a lot of nurses. I like but, all nurses. My niece is a nurse. Yes, but what I'm saying is that I, anybody knows that if you have had some kind of major issue, gastrointestinal or not, you should take it easy for at least 24 to 48 hours afterwards that you shouldn't put yourself in compromised situations. But no, he went out and played the game of his life afterwards. Right. He had the shits, and I hate to use it to break it down to the graphic terminology, because gastroenteritis is the shits. Yes. It's not the shit. It's the shits. Two different things. <laughs> Two totally different things. Because the shit means he was the shit when he played. Yeah, the yeah. shits mean that's what happened him the he game before. He thought he was the shit, yeah, but he that, actually had the shit. But he was the shit in that last game. Yes. And then he became shitty again because he got sick. But it's not the same thing. Just because you have gastroenteritis and you eat something that's bad doesn't mean you're going to get the flu the next two days later. You know what I'm saying? So you think he got sick by going to a... If I went to a Trevor Noah show, I'd probably vomit all night because I'm not a big fan. <laughs> But that, that's know, different strokes. I think he's out in, in public with all sorts of things going on. The weather was crappy. Um, and he was worn down already. You know, he pushed himself. So he was sick. He was compromised. Then he pushed himself in the game where he did really, really, really well. Weather's crappy. He goes out, stays out late. It wasn't just... No, it wasn't late. From the reports I read that the concert was a 7.30 show and it ended at 9.30. Uh-huh. And that Joel Embiid was not drinking... And he went home afterwards. So this is everybody wants to see that when they don't get the facts. That's what bothers me. Get some facts and come back and see me. As the great Jim Calhoun once said, Robin, and immortalized forever to this day on my soundboard, if I can find it. Well, we will never know for sure. Here it is right here now. Get some facts and come back and see me. Well, people, oh, he went out. He was boozing all night. He was hanging out with Trevor Noah, the South African dude. And they were probably banging some white chicks or something. And the white chicks were probably skanks, and they must have passed along some sort of measles or something, and they should have put him in quarantine and not allowed him to go out. And never allowed him to go to Chick-fil-A again either. These are grown-ass men. Damn. Well, you know. Maybe got some bad beaver. Speaking of beaver. Yes. Shall we go to Florida real quick and have a, I guess, a sort of beaver that? update? Who has time? We got a beaver update? It was it was in the Beaver. All right, let's go to the Beaver update desk. And a woman who follows everything tawdry, including the great state of Florida, the sunshine state. The sunshine, sound like Joe Biden now. The sunshine state. Let's go to your correspondent. 
Miss Robin down in Florida. I think you should sing it again. I don't know the words. I can do the Humpty stance, but I can't do the Florida <laughs> song. Dateline Punta Gorda. Um, Ariel Michon Lequeer. What? Age 25. Wait a minute, what's this dude's name? It's a female. Oh, it's a female. What's her name? It's Ariel? A, it's a beaver update. So it's a woman. Hello. Okay, so Ariel from the, the Ariel Little Mermaid. Ariel Michon Lequeer. 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 She's straight or is she bi? Uh, and what's her deal? It's, she's French. Lequeer. Ah, oui, oui. L-E-Q-U-I-R-E, Lequeer. Yeah. 25 years old, was pulled over along with a male driver. So she was in the passenger seat mm-hmm. around 3.30 a.m. So it's the wee hours of the morning. So 3.30 in the morning down yep. in Florida. Down in Florida. And um, the... What did the driver do? So it was a male driving, so he must have had were, a, that tail light out or were they swerving around the road? What was going on? They were just... It was a routine traffic stop because... It's 3.30 in the morning and cops are sitting around and it's a quiet road and they need to pull somebody over. Pull somebody over and um, they were asked if uh, there was anything illegal in the vehicle. And this is when... Something went terribly, terribly wrong. Terribly, terribly wrong because Ariel proceeded... Did she start singing A Whole New World? Was that the Little Mermaid song? A whole no, new no, world? No, no, uh, no. Oh. That was from Aladdin. Okay. The, the Ariel song was, uh, I forget which one it is. Somebody will remind you. I, I, sure. I know. I watched it a hundred times with my daughter. She but, played um, that movie every day. But Ariel pulled out a alligator out of her yoga pants. What? Yes. You it mean was she about, says, excuse me while I whip this, this out. out. About a foot length alligator um, and placed it into the bed of the truck. And then when the <laughs> officers asked if they had anything else... Wait she then wait, 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 wait. So she whips out a baby alligator a from baby her yoga alligator. pants. Now yoga pants aren't normally that she had the real baggy yoga pants on. I don't know. I, I don't think they make them in like extra extra large because no, they're supposed they're to be tight. Yeah. How did she slip a, an alligator in that baby? I have no idea. How big and was the alligator? Even, about a foot long. Dude. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure she's had other things that, uh, at least a foot long in there too. Just guessing. I mean, just, so you know. there. She and Michonne Lequire. I guess that's her brother, or or um, her animal wrangler. Oh no, no, no! Sorry. So she, her name was Ariel Michonne Lequire, and then Michael Clemens, who was the driver, also twenty-two year old, claimed they were trying to collect wildlife from underneath an overpass. They say that the woman also had forty-one small turtles. Turtles? Not, yes, not inside her yoga pants, though. They were inside well, the hell her yoga pants. How many turtles? 41. Dude, how do you put 41 turtles? Well, those were in the backpack. They weren't in her yoga oh, pants. Oh, they were okay. It was just the alligator. I was say, was... That's a pretty amazing. She should be on America's Got Talent next summer. But if you look at the photograph, <laughs> that that's the baby alligator. She makes alligator. more things disappear than John Dornboss, for God's sake. Like, why wouldn't you put the alligator in the backpack? Why would you put that in your yoga pants? Those have sharp teeth. Yeah, Adam, that, that, that alligator could have just munched on that thing down there and gone to yeah. town. I, I mean, Especially if it smelled fishy down there. I mean, you know alligators love fish. I mean, I hate to take it to that level, but I'm thinking next level all the time, Robin. Well, I feel, Remember sorry. You got a I feel real pants? sorry for that little alligator now. Was the alligator alive? I think so. It doesn't say that it was dead. And it probably was just caught if that's what they were really doing underneath the overpass. Wow. So they weren't playing stink finger under the uh, the alligator. Well, they might have done that as well. I don't know. 
So what there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Do not put alligators in your yoga pants. This is a really bad idea. It used to be cool when we did ferrets. Now alligators? I mean, ferrets are now gone, right? Gerbils, you know, gerbils, that's still acceptable in some places. But alligators? First of no. all, would you even think about, even if you wanted to, to steal an alligator? Because alligators are all over the place in Florida. So you go off and you pick one up and you throw it in. Why would you put it in your pants? I don't know. That's the yeah. weird thing. And now, I'm sure that there are laws against catching gators. Of course. So they're they're a protected species, right? What, gators? Gators and... No, people go out and hunt them. There's an actual hunting season. Right, which is illegal. It's illegal to hunt them unless you have a license, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. That's the Hunting them means that you're... You're shooting them. You ever see these gator shows? The guys go out in these flat boats in the middle of the night and they hang like a piece of meat from a, a string with a hook on the end and then they come back the next morning and the gator is hooked up to it. It goes through its jaw and then they start pulling the string up and but you see the they... gator's head and then they shoot it so it doesn't get in because it's bigger than the boat. You know what I'm saying? Um, they are. They're, they're a threatened species. So... It is, you're not allowed to hunt them. You're not allowed to catch them. And how Florida. many turtles did they have? A 41. Let's play a little turtle music. Can't find another. This is a song about turtles? It's called Turtles All the Way Down. It's country. And that was in the country before it was cool, and then when it became uncool again, and now that it's cool again. This is a bad turtle song. I know, I'm trying to find it, Robin. I don't hear one single word about a turtle yet. All right, let's play a better turtle song. How about Teenage Ninja Mutant? No, there's all kinds of turtles. Here's one right here. How about this one? And this is a little better. It's got a good beat. You can dance to it. Now, this is a penguin song. This must be the turtle song. See what happens now? I can't get the right songs that I need here. But I didn't know about the turtles, or I would have had this pulled earlier. I mean, we were doing this with two people show here, but we, we're uh, we're trying hard, folks. I want to get this up here now. As I hit turtle song, oh, this is the one I like. This this is the good one. Everybody, here we go. Turtles. What the heck is this? Listen closely. Now. Remember that kid? Oh, I liked her. Yeah, I do I remember like, him. I like, I like, this is the remix. I need some bath salts. Anybody got any spare bath salts or maybe another shot of Hennessy? Now, Tony, yeah. it is time for us to make the phone call to our special guest. The Turtle Kid? No, our fabulous celebrity trainer to the stars, Vinny Tortorich. Hey, Vinny, yo, he's not even Italian. Well, he obviously, Tortorich? Isn't that a... What, what? I don't know, it sounds Slavic to me. Oh, could be, I don't know. we got to ask him. Now this damn Turtle song is going to be stuck in people's heads now. Turtles. Toidles. He says toidles. I know he does. Love that kid. Whatever happened to him? 
I think he was in the back seat of the car with that. Well, chick. now now he's like old, right? I is mean, he? He how long? Be, how old is that? That was it. That was what ten years ago. Maybe? I don't think it was that old, but I don't know. We're not going to do research on the turtle no, kid. No, I'm not going to research. We're just listening to the remix, and I love the remix of the ignition. Except we can't play it anymore because Ray Kelly's now uh, R. Kelly's a a suspected pedophile. Wait a minute. Now Dean says, "Oh, good. I got to go to the bathroom while this nonsense is going on." This isn't just about the voodoo diet, Dean. You listen to Vinny Tortorich. We're going to get him on here. This man is the America's angriest trainer. And now you're going through rehab with your knee surgery and other people are, are trying to train. People go to gyms every day. They have personal trainers. I don't want to hear any of that crap. We're bringing on a man who's America's angriest trainer, and I'm America's angriest sports talk host. Actually, I'm not. No, you're not. I'm not really, I only get angry <laughs> on occasion. I'm not angry all the time. You have to make me angry. Sort of like Lou Ferrigno in The Hulk. No, it was a guy, Dr. David Banner. You made him angry, and his shirt would rip off. Sort of like this guy. Vinny Tortorich is America's angriest trainer. Vinny, thanks for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Tony, thanks for having me. Uh, hey, you know, it's funny. Years ago, when I first started going to the computer, I wrote the book, Fitness Confidential, and the whole thing, and it became a big deal. And then I started getting invited on to shows like this and, and national you know, television talk shows. And we spent the first five minutes of them asking me why I was so angry. <laughs> so I kind of walked away from that. You know, ah, I can't call myself that anymore because, you know, I spent five minutes of every show explaining that. But here we are, eight years later, still talking about it. Well, I, that's what it says on your bio. I didn't, I didn't give you that name. I, 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 I can't I, be accountable I, 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 for the I got sins of people around here, Tony. I, it shouldn't say that anymore. <laughs> All right, I'll strike it. No, Vinny's no longer angry. Uh, he's just I'm happy. I'm the America's happiest trainer. All right, that's okay. He's I enlightened. He's enlightened now. I'm happy too. I'm happy all the time until somebody pisses me off. But you yeah. still get pissed off, don't you? I, I do. You know, Tony, I think we're both Italian, uh, if I'm not wrong, right? Yeah, because I said Tortorich uh, doesn't sound Italian. So is that short or is that, is that Tortorich an Italian name? It's Tortorici. It's, uh, it's a small town in Sicily. Uh, half my family changed it and put an H on it. Don't don't ask me why. Uh, but I'm I'm a hundred percent Italian, both sides, mom and dad, the whole deal. You know, when you live with the relatives and everyone and yep. you know, that that whole thing. Well I'm from yeah. my mother's from Sicily too, so Palermo though, the, where all the mobsters came from. Except my mom wasn't in the mob no, and neither no. was I. Well, here's the deal. Palermo is really close to, to the town of Tortorici, where my family's from. Mm -hmm. And the story I got was the reason they left and came to America was to, someone was running away from that. You know, they, they, they owed some favors or something, I don't know. And they were running away. So they came here and they decided to change their name by one letter in order to throw the mob off. Right. So I don't know if that worked or not. No, I, I could have. I sort of said, especially if you have the name Vinny. If you don't change the name Vinny, then you're not going to be able to not have people realize that you're really Italian. Is there anybody that's not Italian who has a first name of Vinny? Yeah, I doubt it. I, I doubt it. Yeah, I, I look on Google all the time. It's me, Vinny Paz, and Vinny Brand, a comedian and a fighter and a trainer. It makes it almost a cliche when you think about it. Exactly. Vinny, this is uh, Miss Robin. Yeah. Um, is is it short for Vincent? Yeah. It, well, it, yes, it's short for Vincenzo. Vincenzo <laughs> you want to get right yeah. back. Yeah. 
you know, Vincenzo Giuseppe Totorisi was kind of hard for the nuns to understand. And then they started whacking you with the ruler, and then that's when you became, and I said, I got to get stronger. I'm not going to have this crap pulled on me anymore. I'm going to train. Now, when I lived in L.A. for 11 years, I had a trainer, you know, it was because I took care of myself. I'd go out every day. I lived in Venice. I opened my garage door, ride the bikes down Washington Boulevard down to the bike path at the end of uh, Washington Boulevard and then go all the way to Pacific Palisades and back every single day, all winter long. So I was in great shape. But then you move back east where I grew up, back in Philly, and you go through the winter and you become a slob. You're eating ice cream at night. You're staying up till 2, 3 in the morning. And then all of a sudden you're you're starting. And I never had problems with weight. I'm not obese. I'm like 212 now. I should be about 185, so it's not like I need to lose 100 pounds. And there's all these diets, and anytime you turn the TV on, you know, you got all the prepared meals thing, you know, everything. Oh, we're going to send you. You don't have to do anything. You just you get the food, and you just eat it, and you're going to lose weight. And then there's these other diets, like this one that, that Ryan, that Robin was found out about, which is called the... Well, it's the, not the, fasting, it's not the, 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 the intermittent fasting. Intermittent is, fasting. It's not a diet per se. It's actually a way of life. It's a lifestyle change. It's a yes. lifestyle change. But I don't think that we're fully invested in everything that goes along with it. We just started the fasting portion of it. So can you, because I know that it's it's very beneficial, not just for weight loss. Because a lot of people do it for that, but there are other benefits to intermittent fasting that they have now found. Whether because it's liver and kidneys and heart and brain. Right. So, so Vinny, can you explain a little bit? Because there's all of our fans are fascinated by this. We have one fan who it actually saved his life. He says he had a fatty liver and he had a couple of other things. And he said that when he started it, he he was given a death sentence pretty much. And and the intermittent fasting, along with some of the other things that he did, saved his life. So can you explain to those listeners and to Tony why intermittent fasting is so beneficial? Yeah, I'm going to give it to you in, in kind of a step-by-step. Because, look, when I took to the Internet, when I wrote Fitness Confidential and put it out eight years ago, I really didn't want to do it because I said, you know what? No one is going to want to hear the truth. And the truth doesn't really make money for anyone. But here is the God's honest truth. I have nothing to sell. What I've been proposing and what I've been doing in Hollywood for the past 30 years to keep people red carpet ready, that that was my job forever, get people ready for movies, is to take a lot of weight off of them and give them abs and whatnot. (laughs) And in the process, I made them very healthy. Um, and got them off of blood pressure medications and, and so on and so forth. The key, the number one key, uh, fasting is number three or four down the list. We'll get to that. Is to cut out sugars and grains. That's where the problem is. People eat sugars. They eat grains. These things are not heart healthy. Uh, they actually cause inflammation that can actually cause heart disease. It's the opposite of what we've been told for the past 50 years. As soon as you get people off of sugars and grains, uh, there, there are several diets now. You, you'll hear about uh, the keto diet or the paleo diet, mm-hmm. or you'll hear about the, um, uh, the carnivore diet. Um, I call it NSNG, no sugars, no grains. They, they are all within earshot of what Dr. Robert Atkins was talking about in the 70s. The fact of the matter is, you can have hypertension, you can have fatty liver disease, you can have type 2 diabetes, and you can reverse all of those by cutting out two things, all sugars and all grains, right? Uh, and it works like a charm. Now, 
There are people, Tony, and you're giving me your weight. You're not one of those people. You're not what I would call metabolically broken. But there are people out there, you know, when I was a kid, if you weighed 220, you were a fat kid. Mm-hmm. Now we have women going four and 500 pounds, no problem, right? The problem is, is that as a nation, we've gotten morbidly obese. One third of all people in this country are morbidly obese. Childhood obesity is rampant. These kids are not going to live as long as we will, which is a very, very sad tableau. And for those people, you might want to consider intermittent fasting or fasting in general. Here's what I caution everyone about. You should not go to the internet and have some bro science guy coach you through intermittent fasting. That's not the right way to do it. You need to get a doctor. You need to get someone who knows what he's doing to teach you how to do it. You know, some guy on YouTube is not your guy. I I can guarantee you that, right? So there is merit to it, and it does work. It should not be used as a quick weight loss program. As, uh, as you said, Robin, it is, uh, you know, it is a lifestyle change, just as much as cutting out sugars and grains and just eating high fat and high protein uh, is. You know, it's all just a big lifestyle change. Now, with that in mind, what have you guys heard? What, what, what are you doing over there? Well, I think that the the one thing that we are not doing is changing as much as we should the types of things that we are eating throughout the day when we are in our eight-hour food window. So, um, yeah, we don't eat be- after 8 p.m. until noon the next day. But a lot of that time you're sleeping, so your body's going to burn right. whatever, but it's not burning at a high level. So I used to stay up anyway. This is why I think it's not working for me because I would normally stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning anyway. And so I wasn't. I would eat at nine, but then I wouldn't eat again till almost noon. So I was basically fasting at the same time. It's just that the hours shift. So now we don't eat after eight until noon the next day. But when I wake up and I, I want a cup, I have a cup of coffee and I just put half and half. I cut out sugar pretty much in anything unless it already has it in it. But then when we start at noon and we do the show from one to four East Coast time, you know I'm hungry, but I'm not starving. So that's a good sign. But I'm not noticing that I've lost. You know I've lost two pounds in almost two weeks. And I don't want to lose a pound a day. I don't like going on a starvation diet, but I'm thinking maybe maybe internally it is doing something for me. Maybe the fats, because it's all in my stomach, mm-hmm. which is what happens when so, you're in your 60s. And no, wait, hey, hey, Tony, let, let, let's get more real here. Tell me, uh, and Robin, if you're around Tony during that time, you stop him and tell me when he's lying. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a little intervention right here on the show. Dude. Tell me what you're having day in and day out. Different what stuff. are you putting in your body? We're eating. See, I'm eating cereal, you know, with milk, but I'm not putting any sugar in anything. I, I cut out sugar. I used but to drink honey con- bunches of oats. Honey bunches of oats with almonds. Now that's not horrible if that's the first thing you're eating in the morning, but is it's it? It's grain. That's that's. Can, can, I, can, I, can I tell you something? Yes. You might as well have chocolate cake. Oh, I can go to chocolate cake. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, now these are you calories. Well I gotta cake. have some yeah, calories, yeah. man. Yeah. Let me explain this to you. Your liver is a meritocracy. It doesn't care. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you, you can lie to yourself, but your liver sees what you put in. As soon as that honey bunches of oats, and, and by the way, are you using non-fat milk with that? No, I'm putting half and half in there. No, you're putting regular milk. Okay, well, that's better, but... No, no, not in the cereal. Cereal's just low-fat milk. You have nothing? Say again? Cereal, I just put milk in it. Yeah, it's okay, full milk. Okay, cereal and milk. 
All right, so you have the lactose from the milk. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of sugar. You have all the sugar from the honey bunches of oats. Mm-hmm. It's got honey right in the name. And then you have the grains. That hits your liver. And I'm going to give you a cartoon version of what happens. As soon as that hits your liver, your body's been fasting for umpteen hours. And um, your liver sees the sugar coming in. It immediately releases, uh, your brain releases um, uh, insulin to cover it. The insulin goes down and it pushes a little bit of that sugar into your blood just to top you off. Now, most humans need somewhere about, maybe a teaspoon of sugar mingling through their blood. So every other teaspoon of sugar from that honey bunches of oats is being converted into what's called a long-chain triglyceride, which is a fat. And it's being stored in your fat cells right away. It's not being, it's not giving you energy. It's not doing anything. 